0: Hey everybody! Welcome to Clutch or Kick. I was about to say Plat Chat. Whoops! Clutch or Kick, <laughs> episode six. That's the the muscle memory kicking in. Uh, the yep. If you're just joining us, you're like, oh, who are these new faces? Well, we brought back Wyatt because well, he's in the house and he watches a lot of Valorant and he's got some good ideas and you know we've been he's been cooking up some some new material for you in the lab. Uh, and of course, we brought on uh, a vast as well. This guy. Uh, I mean, we, we, we weren't even recording. He's already been cracking jokes. So, I mean, this is going to be a banger of an episode. Uh, also, I've asked is... Uh, I'm, I'm going to say you're a self-proclaimed Valorant expert already
1: self-proclaimed obviously yeah yeah proclaimed I mean, by you
0: is it self-proclaimed if I proclaim <laughs>
1: it <laughs> <This elder> person, <laughs> <laughs> that's now put it out there but you know I'll put I'll myself you know I'll agree with it why not yeah I, th- I think you've been ego. following
0: the you've been following the scene for quite some time and all of us have a background in esports where we've just been literally we we know the patterns we know that how this industry works and we're providing the know-how and the knowledge and and the information, and we're about to break down the first topic, which is the patch notes 1.04, which is the new patch that came out. Uh, what did this entail? I actually can't quite remember. They made some. Did they make more changes to Viper? Uh, they did. Is this they the Viper buff? Changes.
2: One? Yeah. This, mm. this is the one where they did buff Viper. Yummy. And uh, not to jump too far in the topic list, but it did allow us to see Viper once in a tournament. <laughs> <Yeah. one> map. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Buff's really paying dividends for her playtime. Went from 0% uh, to 0.09%. Uh, well, this,
3: this patch wasn't actually played, though, was it? I think this patch hasn't even... Oh, oh really?
1: No.
0: No, yeah, no, no. Oh, wait. So
1: this patch was not what the... Uh, I'm pretty sure this was not what the pack's invitation really was. I mean, Really? It wasn't even in then? So.
0: You, no, hold no on, I'm hold pretty on. sure it wasn't. Are you sure?
1: I'm looking at sure. kind of right now. Here, let me because let's analysis the, the way...
2: You can only get here on <laughs> Collector Your <Cake. laughs> I don't even
1: know Does what the hell is say... going on.
3: It doesn't say, and that's what makes it, it so say. weird. And, pretty and it sure operates it wasn't differently it. to Overwatch because Overwatch always announces the patches after they hit the game anyway. So it always <laughs> confuses me. But I swear that I saw oh, Rays and Brim still with six points in their ult. Yeah, that's the thing, because the the, <laughs> ult,
1: change, the ult changes went out too. And the points we could still see on the broadcast. And I'm pretty sure I never saw seven-point ults for Orbital Strike or Showstopper. Okay, yeah. yeah th- these are
0: okay. just th- these are minor quality of life changes that they're adding onto Viper. Some yeah. nerfs to Brimstone and Raze. Um, as well. Um, yep. So the alt point increase, I think that's quite reasonable. When I saw Ray's nerfs in the patch note preview, I was like, "Oh god, please don't touch the satchel jumps!" Like the the one fun thing that's in Ray's kit, which you can do with it, is the satchel jumps. Um yeah. And uh, Ryan Morello actually posted a tweet saying they're not touching. I think he called it the zooming function <laughs> yeah. of the of the satchel yeah. pack. So that's. <laughs> but that's he did good. say
3: he said. It was like this whole thing's blown up about Killjoy, right? And like the whole design of Valorant well, having abilities. Well, you want to jump damage. into Killjoy now? No, I don't want to jump into it now, but I just want to, it because it's coming back to Rays because yeah. R- Morello tweeted something like, Oh, even though um, there are abilities with damage in the game, it's to make you respect them and deal with them. And he said the only things that they're upset about at the moment are people just using the satchel charge to blow other people up. They like, they like the mm. way that it lets you be mobile. So I, I and also the
2: rocket that <laughs> like sometimes you just can't do anything about the rocket it's like yeah no shit it's a fucking rocket yeah <laughs> I, do, I do like the change to raise i think that that's a, a fair place to to begin with the alt rather than just tanking it completely reducing the damage too heavily i think just changing it to seven all points is a pretty because yeah, teams good have gotten start. so good so at dealing, dealing with
1: it too as soon as they hear mm-hmm. the voice line teams have just started just running away entirely or just dropping some utility like used to people were complaining that like you had to give up a site just from the threat but now teams hmm. have gotten good enough to where they can just like drop some utility and then back up a bit, and it's a lot harder to actually get it off because you can just like actually crossfire yeah. you so immediately. You Plus, it is it. it is pretty hard countered by ops like because
3: the the reason that you can't really kill it with the rifle is because unless you hit the immediate headshot, it's just a one button click for the rays to be able to fire out the rocket. But it's only one button click for the AWP as well. So it's basically just like whoever hits the button first and the AWP is already holding the angle. Mm, so a lot well, of the time you just see them get
1: hit by the, the AWP and they don't. I'm always favoring the the one button click for the pee-pee-poo-poo op in that <laughs> scenario. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always favoring it there. I mean, what about Brimstone's arms fidelity, though? I mean, that's oh, a very Oh, yeah, important... they, they
0: increase his arm fidelity. It's
1: arm fidelity. That's a faithful arm.
0: What does that mean? <laughs> the increase, just, they made it look increased... better?
1: I think they optimized the FPS around like the animation, essentially, and they made it look a little bit better, perhaps. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure. He's he's a
3: (laughs) he's a big old American boomer, so he's big into his Second Amendment rights. He wants the right Uh to he wants the right to bear arms, and he Mm. wants everyone to see his bear arms. You get bear (laughs) (sighs) arms.
1: I All did right. like how All they right. touch the ults the in general, though. The ults in general, they I liked adjusting, like the orbital strike too, like bringing it up a little bit because it's such a ubiquitous ult to hold the sight.
0: Dude, this, that was a yeah. good change. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, like I, 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 I do like this. I think they, I don't know why they ever thought that those ults wouldn't be that impactful, but maybe we will start to see as well a lot of ults across the board just kind of uh, retuned. It's, it's an interesting aspect of the game as well because, because they've combined. I'm sure Riot don't like this when people make the comparisons to CS and Overwatch. But it is quite clear that they've taken inspiration heavily from CS, a little bit from Overwatch, maybe other games like Rainbow Six. But it, it gives them a lot more variables to, to tweak and change if they want to balance a, a character, which is, which is always cool and interesting, actually. I mean, they can change yeah. so much around this. Uh, and then, the, a, uh, yeah, just another minor quality of life buff, which is the Stim Beacon no longer affecting enemies and no longer shows the radius.
3: Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, I was already seeing people. Did you see these like really nerdy spots that got on the Reddit the where ceiling. people were throwing them on the ceilings <laughs> so that you couldn't see them? That's like that's like a step too far into Darkland where, where no. you're like, you do not need to refine your stim beacon the usage this stim. much. Yeah. Valorant just needs to make the ability a bit better if you have to hide them in the rafters of the ceiling in order to get value out of them.
1: the radius changes made them a lot actually so much better considering that like it's actually disgusting when you'd be playing Brimstone is like, I really want to use my stim back today for once instead of just never buying it. mm -hmm. And you drop it and you're like playing a corner. And then it's just like if you could see the radius through the walls at times, it just like defeated the purpose of playing the game. When your radius or your stim pack, it's like, hey, guys, everyone group up and now everyone knows where we're at. So let's just die because my ability told them. Hey, here, come kill these guys. So yeah, I actually yeah. think that's a really big change. Overall. I, I,
2: I think all the changes from this patch were pretty good. I mean, it was nothing too considerable, but I think they were all I mean well the Viper done. changes the, are. I pretty was gonna say though, what yeah, though. we we kinda skipped over the Viper change. The biggest but, change of this actually. But, but <laughs> do we think I mean do we think that this is gonna make Viper more relevant
1: coming into the I, I definitely think so. I mean the alt change is kind of oh, whatever. Huge. I think you, I think the old change is pretty big. Yeah, because it makes the ability for the old, like it was already good. Like that was arguably like we can actually get ult up on site. Like one of the strongest like ults in the game when you can actually get it up, you know? But mm-hmm. I do think that uh, the change where you could actually exit and enter and it goes up to 15 seconds, it changes the dynamic entirely of like how you affect, how you like push an ult now for it's, against a Viper huge, and how actually. you can use it. Yeah, the mind yeah, like, games so you can big.
0: play with it.
3: The problem with Viper's ult though is that First of all, it's difficult to actually get in a good position where you're favoured, and secondly, if you get it in a good position and all of your teammates are alive, they're frequently left in a in like it obscures certain entrances that they want to try and hold, and it's sometimes it lets the opponents push into places because certain sightlines end up being blocked. It's it's really hard to be on the team with a viper and play around Herault. It feels like a very self-centered ultimate. It doesn't really empower the rest of your team at all. Mm. Yeah. Except when 9 I don't think that this helps split. Oh, hey. I,
2: I, I don't want to ever think about that again, <laughs> that push. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to talk about it. I, that was horrific. Yeah. Um, but I, I do I think... think
1: that,
2: well, I was just going to say, I, was, that the, the, I think on. the buffing, the, uh, or not a buff necessarily, but they made the, the red outlines brighter uh, of the enemies if you are the Viper. Um and the mini map obstruction small thing, but I, I think the red outline buff could actually be fairly significant for yeah. the viper playing inside of it uh, it'll make it easier for the viper to hold alone because there are definitely a lot of situations i think where you will see the viper inside of inside of the alt and then an enemy is able to s- not necessarily sneak up on them, but you know they'll they'll appear rather quickly, and I, I don't think that the outline was. Always necessarily striking enough that the, the reaction time of the Viper wasn't always, I, I think, as good as it could be. It, yeah. yeah. I, I think that yeah. that'll just make it easier. I mean, obviously, it'll make it easier for Vipers to get kills on enemies walking inside yeah. of the alt, where I think there were situations before where the Viper could get killed by an enemy in the alt.
0: I have some concerns, I think, with, the, with this kind of method of buffing a character like Viper. Not to discredit like Riot's balancing methods, but I do wonder if they're looking at like for one, Viper seems like to me with her kit that it's quite situational in a lot of aspects. Like there's probably a lot of set setups that you can do on certain maps that are really quite effective, but on other maps and other areas, she's going to be much less effective. And I do wonder are they looking at like a general win rate across the board? Because these small incremental quality of life buffs that they keep adding and adding and adding and adding there is a risk that you'll reach a tipping point and eventually she will just go from, yeah, not really that played that much to just unbearable to play against in some scenarios because of how powerful she is. Ah, you, the you don't Overwatch think that'll method. happen?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's really going to happen though because they, they'll they just tweak her back. The thing with this game is that it's a lot of 1v1 scenarios, whereas Overwatch is not at all. Like every fa- every every tiny thing that you change in overwatch interacts across like different team comps and uh, all different ability usages and all sorts because it's every time you shoot someone they're probably in the middle of a team fight you don't really take 1v1 trades i feel like you can tweak the numbers much more effectively in valorant to create like easier balance decisions just because most of the time you are taking 1v1s or like if you're taking a 1v2 you're expected to lose it anyway so it's ridiculous if you're able to win a 1v2 most of the time.
1: So it's like much easier to tell the difference
3: between broken and not broken.
1: I do find it interesting how they don't ever want for Viper at least like, you know, they're making all these small quality of life changes over time incrementally, but they never really want to touch the fact that like, I feel like for a lot of people when they don't like Viper, because she's just been relegated into like, you are a one-site agent, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you walk in, you blow your load on the site, and you're done, type of thing. Like, you're not really... Mm -hmm. You're not really, like, having to be able to bring utility to multiple sites.
0: Yeah, you don't have a new ones. So
1: I'm wondering why yeah. their options here was, like, they just locked Viper into, like, a further, like, you are on site. Like, this is here. You are you are the the, the defensive lineman. You're going to sit here, and you're going to do your job. And that's, like, that's what you fucking do. Because all they've done is just with the with the fuel changes, you can have your your various smokes up a lot longer. But you still can't move them. You know, you can't put utility into new places. Yeah. So I feel like that's still such a big limiting factor for Viper compared to like other you know other agents that can actually utility other way, uh, elsewhere. You know, outside the site.
2: Yeah, I think Viper the the overarching issue with Viper is that she just doesn't fit a good role in a team composition. I just don't see what yeah. she what what relevant agent would you replace to have Viper and her abilities. Yeah. I think that's the the question, yeah.
0: and there's there's no there isn't one, well, right? You, you I, mean, I think I that like, her spot would fill in with a smoker, but right. But why would every, yeah, yeah, her smoker fills it. in so many better roles? You you yeah, can only exactly. Smoke one area with
3: her, Weirdly, I think that she could be best used in sageless comps, replacing the sage if she becomes like a true site anchor with these new changes, because now that you can Molly and. Uh, Now that you can molly and smoke, and the smoke, when you push through it, you keep the decay for a while as well. So people are less incentivized to push her smokes than anybody else's, apart from maybe Cypher, because you can hear them coming through. But they're, they're really trying to make the smoke, like, you should not push a Viper smoke. Yeah, And so if she becomes quite a heavy lockdown defensive character, then... If she if you've got some like nice setups for set mollys, uh not set molly set smokes on attack and set walls, then maybe you could run it with some kind of like sageless comp. But I. I but mean, then I also... You
1: just lose all the other utility of Sage, though, right? In that case, like, you, there's still so much value you get from reses and heals yeah. and walls, you know, that isn't given by smokes that you can only have in one site. Yeah. Like, Sage, at least, you can hold a site with Sage, but then you can go heal someone or res someone elsewhere. Like, can Viper bring any sort of that level of utility anywhere other than one site? Like, no. Yeah.
2: Sage's heal is just... To me, I think, out of all the abilities in the game... Teams get the most value out of Sage's heal the most consistently. I think it's the most consistently valuable ability in the game. It's just so powerful. And I mean, further, when you're talking about lockdown defense, I mean, I don't know if we want to segue into Killjoy, but then also it seems like if you want to lock down a site, why would you pick Viper over Killjoy? Because Killjoy seems... Very, yeah, nice. very yeah, can, good
0: for that. We can talk about yeah. Killjoy and then we'll move into into the rank changes, I suppose, as well, because we're on we're on that topic. Killjoy in the introduction, I, I know exactly the kind of direction that this conversation is going to go immediately from, I think, everybody here. So I will attempt to play devil's advocate to most of your points that you're making here with Killjoy coming in, because they finally announced they got leaked, but it's actually properly announced. We've seen all the abilities. She's got a Uh, A a boom bot that reveals enemies that get triggered, that get triggers over when people walk over it, um, and it deals vulnerability to them, so they take double damage. She has a turret, this thing. So it's a 180 degrees uh, thing, which, yeah, I mean, it's just going to force people to shift their line of sight over to it, to shoot it. It doesn't do much damage, but it is still a 125 HP turret. Uh, This is the Molotov that you can... Choose when to this, deploy it.
3: This is absurd. This is the worst ability that she has, and uh, no one's talking about it yet. But it's horrible.
0: Yeah, dude, and here's and here's the ultimate where you it has 150 HP. You it goes through walls, and um, it says it. Uh, what 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 was the language they used? The detains. language the was it detains, detains you. So it's gonna you. put you in the drunk tank for like <laughs> yeah. the one who unlocks it
1: now for in whatever the league, reason. Th-
0: in the leaked clip, it showed a Phoenix getting slowed and pulling his knife out when the ult went yeah. off, yeah. which means I think it disarms you and it slows you. The disarms? radius on this fucking thing There's is no half way. the map. It
1: disarms you too, right? It, it did, you? It did, it did in the clip. Right. It I think clip. it does.
0: I th- we think it does in the clip. It looked but... like he didn't even have his knife out. I thought he just went n- nothing. No, he had his, he had his knife out. Okay. Now, that, that, He's not called Jiu-Jitsu? Now, granted, that could have been them trying to show us how slow you are when you're moving with your knife out.
1: That's what yeah. I thought the purpose okay. of it yeah, was. Maybe. Yeah, of, maybe. I thought so I, it was that.
0: Because they they haven't been clear with the language. Right.
3: Well, no. that's probably because they also want people to actually test the hero before they make massive judgments on whether or not it's going to be broken. <laughs> no, right? I want to make massive I,
2: judgments now. <laughs> I don't want to test it.
3: Like, for example, the the turret, someone was saying that they had... I don't know where they got this info from Fasadas, because the engine hasn't one actually of the devs been released. Tweeted yeah, there, out was the numbers. A, there was
1: there was also a leak on like a YouTube channel or whatever that right. they posted in the Twitter chain that had like some of the values for the damage and the slows right. and stuff.
3: Cuz the turret does piss all damage. Apparently it does like 12 damage per hit.
1: It does 8 <laughs> damage at close range from 20 meters it does 6 damage per bullet and from 35 I meters mean, it does 4 damage per, per bullet. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we are the leaks. We are not
3: talking about a turret that is actually going to be useful at all. Except for tagging people, potentially, and slowing them down, and just for letting you know that someone is there. So it it, it functions a bit more like a tripwire, kind of, but with a big cone. I would say it's like a
1: deadlier tripwire in the fact that, like, you see it even in the video announcement where they're pushing out, you know, they're just pushing through the site uh, from long, and it's sort of just like, well you have to turn to deal with this turret because like what happens once you start fighting and this turret is sitting, especially once you're close range, you know, it's holding a corner and it's shooting you for like eight per bullet, you know? That's a lot of health over time when you're like trading tags. At the
2: most basic level, it allows, if you're defending a site, uh, the most basic team play in this game is setting up a crossfire you now have a crossfire as one person. You you don't yeah. need a teammate. That's that's what it does at the most basic level of team play, which is a huge ability. And then further than that, it can obviously, if you, if you wanted to solo hold a site, there are positions you can put it in to cover a flank. So if someone's wrapping around, you'll know. I mean, they're not going to yeah. take huge damage, right? But they'll either stop to kill the turret, uh, but you'll just hear it firing regardless. You're, you're going to know someone's coming on your flank. It's, I feel like the
3: majority of the time, though, it will only be used for info. Like, no one's yeah. really going to if you're taking a 1v1 yeah it's not like the boom bot though right because you do have to shoot that boom bot because otherwise you are probably going to die you don't see it doesn't seem at least from first glance that you are going to have to shoot the turret like you can try and just take the 1v1 and if the guy kites you for a while then you might have to turn around to kill the turret but generally you can like hunt out the 1v1 first
0: that turret seems like it's going to suck on pistol rounds Got oh, yeah, 125 that's health. Thing. That's, yeah. That's,
1: yeah, the, the 125 rounds, I think, health.
0: Eco. I think it costs 200. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, uh,
1: did they release? I don't think they've released technically any of like I don't, the values I don't just I didn't see that so, Well, yeah, I, was I just read articles and I couldn't find it. We
0: just pulled up the Twitter clip of the uh, leaked footage again, and it does appear that it disarms you. It takes away your gun. So wow. at the end, when, when the ult comes off, instantly as the ult goes wow. off, Phoenix switches out to his knife. So yeah, Kurt's giving ahead here. You can and see just it.
1: Takes your ankles and takes God. out your balls simultaneously. I'm assuming it goes, assuming it goes through
0: walls because otherwise it's yeah, pointless. It, it in a certainly way. does. I, I mean, it yeah, looks I like mean,
2: it does.
3: If it, if it doesn't go through walls, it is the worst ultimate in the game. If it does go through walls, it's the most annoying ultimate. In I mean, the game. I'm just I mean, It's disgusting. I'm just good
2: imagining it like walls. on this map on Ascent. Like, imagine a team plants on uh, B and they're down in the pit. And you're retaking. Just set it down behind, like where the lever is. Yeah. On the, by the just set it in, in front of the lever at boat and just let it rip. And you could just kill just, everyone on site for free. Oh, you just, it's just set
3: just... it really deep in the site. And as they push through those two corridors, just, they're gonna get right. it Right. Yeah. Harm. yeah.
2: On, on either, yeah, on either
0: side. If you have that alt, you just get a free win. Imagine it's trying to just... late push. Like a lot of teams recently have been pushing down to like the final fifteen seconds in a round. Yeah. Imagine trying to late push into this. You just can't. You just can't. I'm mean, like, push you
1: into this and the I mean, molly on the ground that you can activate at will and the, the turret. Yeah, good
3: like luck. All three. I think, though, you will really struggle to get value out of it as a defender. You like, think it so? feels like I so? Fe- it feels like something that's going to be great to stop retakes, but if you're defending a site, what's your plan? Like, do you just use it as Vipers' Pit no, no, and just no, no. sling okay. it down I at don't... the beginning of the round? You're I... not going to do that. You have to
1: wait for them to commit to a site. Well, yeah, you I can think... do it through walls that you can just do it when you're like, you can just essentially just wait for the push to happen and then drop it, you know, if you're in a safe position. How I imagine
3: long, you are going to lose. Like, it takes so long to deploy. You'll have already it's, lost it's, the it's, push. It's, it's, exactly. Okay, exactly. But how
0: I imagine people playing this character is playing very passive positions on site with setups. So, like for example, on Ascent A, they play maybe on the Heaven area. And then they let their turret set up a crossfire in the corner, they try and take some shots, they try and get a kill, they back off, and they play retake with their team with the ultimate. That's how I yeah, can yeah. see it being played. And they've got their Molotov down, so they can literally delay so much. Like the Molotov, yeah. we haven't even talked about the Molotov, Josh. You said it's the most broken aspect of this kit. Okay. Yeah, I think it is. I I, I do want to say a lot of people are heavily criticizing the entire concept of the character, because they're like, a turret in my tactical shooter. And it's and it's, I think, because you've got a huge portion of the player base coming over from CS and they're just like, they're not on board with any of these type of abilities. If there's a way for them to balance it, even, like, lowering the HP, I think you'll see the, the effectiveness of this character go down quite drastically the higher in rank you go. The higher in team play, the higher in coordination you go, I think you'll find less effectiveness. But this Molotov is the real problem for me, because there's already two things in the game that have no outplay potential when you're playing like a retake on a site once they have the bomb down. And that's Brimstone with his Molotov and his ult. And this adds one more factor where you can lay down the Molotov once you've planted the bomb and just wait patiently. And you can just, yeah. you can, you can just cycle through those pieces of utility, the Brimstone molly, the Killjoy molly, and maybe the Brimstone ult if you've got it, and you just win. Yeah. Like, there's nothing that they can you do. Assuming
1: you can shoot it, though, is what, because based off the description I heard, it's like, when it lands, it goes quiet. So to me, it almost sounds like they've already, based off the description, indicating that there's going to be a way to stop it from being set.
0: Maybe. You know? I think in the and ESPN could, like, article, it. it just said it's invisible once it goes down. It,
1: this was from me to... esports, what
3: I was reading. I, I think there's, a uh, from just discussing this, there's a lot about the hero that we don't know yet. And there's yep. a lot of important yeah. variables that could move her from being horrible to being actually a really viable and cool hero. And one of them is that Molly needs some counterplay. You need to be able to find it and destroy it if you just walk over it. Because if you if you just put it down where you planted the bomb, you're never going to be able to defuse that bomb. Yeah, like it, yeah. It's
1: just impossible. It's, just, it's like an orbital strike on cooldown because yep. it's like yeah. does the same thing. You just deny a, a bomb plant whenever right. they come in and then they have to back up it or not a bomb, but a spike. You so know, whatever,
3: it must or whatever. be, it must be destroyable. Uh, otherwise that's a change that they need to make pretty
2: quickly. It's, it's shocking that the, the, the turret seems like possibly the least Op aspect of this character, yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. introducing a turret into a tactical shooter. Yeah, I actually, I don't care about that. Yeah, I, 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 do I, I think they've balanced in just just the turret. If you're looking at just that, I think they balanced it pretty
0: well, actually, with the damage and everything. Might, if that was the linchpin on, of uh, her kit, it, I mean, but, it does have 125 HP. Yeah, and it's yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, against the pistols. That might nice. be the yeah, only yeah, thing, but
2: I think overall, they, they 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 might tweak it a little bit, but overall, I think they balanced the turret. Pretty well, yeah. I think for for putting that's a turret the thing to in a be game like the game, like most issues with as well. Because, yeah. And that's because we haven't they even just we haven't even touched on with ah,
3: I you know auto aimers in my FPS. That's yeah. that's yeah. what they hate. They're not it's
1: really... just six players. Uga yes. boogling out around the cave fire and just like they're just like off <laughs> the turret, like and they're beating their war drums and stuff and doing their cave paintings oh. and shit. So it's just that's just not that's really what. It, but the crazy part to me, I feel for her kit, is that there's two like big design decisions with killjoy that I feel like haven't been addressed. One, turret, I feel like forces you once again to run a sage, because if you take any sort of poke damage from the turret, then it's like, okay, sage once again remains pretty strong. And then yeah. B, there's been this constant complaint, especially at the professional level, obviously, which is sort of what recovery. We're, we're not really talking about, you know, you know, party platypus, like 22 here in their ranked games necessarily, <laughs> but like
0: about how there's not 22. To- <laughs>
1: how <laughs> there's not enough utility for, like, Ops in this game, you know? Like, if we feel like there's not enough smokes and not enough flashes compared to, like, CS versus yeah, yeah. Ops. And all we've done with Killjoy is introduce another, like, Cypher slash pseudo rays like, character that has no utility to deal with Ops.
3: Yeah, Zero. yeah it's, an, it's another true. hard
1: lockdown character rather than really giving you anything. Which I'm, like, like, I'm fine off. with to have an alternative to Cypher because Cypher has sort of always been a must-run so far. But I also think that we still have, we're still, that's no utility. No extra utility has been added here to, to deal with the op problem at yeah. all. Like zero. I, I also,
3: I'm quite happy though, that they haven't created a character that's fantastic on defense, but has some crazy utility on offense. I, outside of the alt being really powerful for retakes, it does seem more like a, because because something that I think a lot of people were worried about is, if you add another healer into this game, maybe team every team starts playing double healer comps. Or if you add another like heavy defensive lockdown character, maybe every team plays double, you know, like hardcore lockdown comps, and you don't care about your attack, but you're just racking up rounds on defense. But I I don't think that that's going to happen, and I kind of like the way that that's going. Is that I feel like if you're gonna run Killjoy, she would be a replacement for one of the other heroes that you are normally anchoring
1: aside. Why? With. Because
0: otherwise maybe. your comp
3: is too I'm... slow. Because yeah, otherwise you don't have enough utility to yeah, actually have to break right in. imagine
1: running cipher killjoy. Like what? Is, what is your comp? Your comp is like the the, the fucking Helms Deep. Like that's you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like how do you how do you play on offense when you're running like a double like site control? And, like, and it's also
3: like when what you have to think about this as well is you, it's not like you're going to get twelve rounds on defense if you run a hardcore lockdown comp because if you lose one of the bomb sites you're not going to be able to retake it if you have just a hardcore lockdown comp. So you'll even lose defensive rounds just because you lose a bomb site oh, and you man. can't retake. So
2: I, I think that that nice. isn't so much of an issue. I mean I, I don't think. I don't think Killjoy is going to be as uh, bad on attack as we might be making it seem right now. We we, we haven't touched on the fact that they gave her a, a boom bot, basically, as yeah. well. Which is just... I mean, it's just unnecessary, really. Well, it does like, so probably. I mean, her nade is
1: going to be set nade potentials, right? You could throw the nade like a molly... And unless it like, and if you aren't able to shoot it right, you can just set it down, and it just acts as like another smoke almost. Because or a molly, it's or already yeah. pretty much a molly, I... but it's a set molly that you will always be able to achieve.
0: The thing is, her her boom bot, which I don't know if we're gonna see it in the this alarm video. bot. Yeah, the they alarm bot. They didn't
1: really show me. I don't think they showed any examples it's, of the boom bot. It it, it it's not the a. Tweet.
0: They do in that mm. leak one. It's not a moving clearance ability. It's a lay down and wait. It's a trip wire. Yeah, it's a trip
3: wire basically. So uh, I don't really see how you would get value out of that on attack. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't it just, move at all? I don't, don't think it really moves. Cool. I thought it
2: moved in yeah. the... No,
3: look. That's what I thought it, thought it moved, too. No, you set it down. It has an AoE, and it only gets activated when you walk inside the yeah, AoE. Yeah, so that's even, that's even worse for offense, yeah, then, because pretty, you don't oh, have okay. a boom bot type of thing. Yeah. So I feel oh, like I you, see. I feel okay. like this agent is actually kind of garbo on attack. It's like you would run it in the same kind of sense that you run the cypher. You would set up in like positions where you wanted to make sure that people can't flank you. But as for offensive utility, she seems to have basically not. Cypher
0: seems more useful,
1: yeah. just on the basis yeah, that he Cipher has... Yeah, Cypher is 100% more useful because you have smokes yeah. and cameras. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And his ult will tell you... I mean, the ult, I would say, you could make it work both ways. But overall, Cypher is just like a better overall agent. Like, I don't all know. Right. Like, I'm not... I just don't know what you would ever run Killjoy. You would pretty much only be forced to replace Cypher with Killjoy.
0: So, in conclusion, I think we're all going to hate playing with it and against it in our rank games. <laughs> Yeah, that's certainly possible.
1: uh, It remains to be seen, I'd say. I think it remains to be seen. I think if anything, especially at the highest levels, you're going to be, once you get the high MMR, you're going to hate having Killjoy on your team. Yes, that's what I mean. Oh, okay. This this might be one of those uh,
0: scenarios where you just, you you don't like to see it. Like, I played a rank game last night for the first time in in forever. Like, I lost my rank because I haven't played in so long. And wow, look at that. (laughs) What the hell? Oh, that's pretty good. Wow, that's pretty good. I that's like it. Cool. Anyway, this is the uh, yeah. I mean, it, I played a rank <laughs> game last night to recalibrate my rank, and it was so painful because uh, I don't know, just people. Uh, I, I thought a p- players were going to be better after I'd taken like two, three weeks off, and like the the general game sense would have improved. But no, composition still didn't make sense. We had like a, a viper and. Fucking breach and I don't know. I'm not gonna complain about my rank games. That's your that's...
1: brain waves were absolutely assaulted by the negative brain waves of it, your it, teammates. It doesn't the even matter. were cancelled out. You cancelled out. Entirely. I was trying to
0: play this. I was trying to play the Sinatra style on ascent when I was I was literally playing the Sova and I was I was oh, just yeah. buying an Odin every round. The B. Yeah, and they just never hit my sight. So I was constantly playing retake with an Odin and it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it like yeah. a problem more than a teammate problem, I've
3: teammates playing Viper and Breach <laughs>
0: <laughs> while I'm playing with the old. Anyway, every round. Speaking well, of rank, though... The
1: recall. Oh, yeah, I was about to say, yeah. We have the speaking of rank, they're going to make
0: some rank changes so that a lot of people are really upset with the current rank system that's in play because they're like, it gives you no incentive to, to play a lot of it. It, it. You know, there's no leaderboards or whatever, but they're making some changes and it is the most convoluted... Sh- Shit I've ever seen.
1: You don't want uh, the Triforce of Ranked MMR experience? You what in shit?
0: the Lord's name am I looking at? You have to this build up visual. like you're building up a triangle of your ranked experiences and play. And it's like, what is this? It's like some Westworld shit where you're building up the experiences of, of the hosts and trying to build it into AI. I don't know. Like, what is this? Yeah,
3: it's really
0: weird i'm gonna be I
2: mean, honest uh, I, I tried to read this article i closed that page i i, I don't know what really the hell is it's going it's on it's with this
1: confusing it's just they got it's just this article the entire thing got graphic design is my passion is the problem <laughs> here it's like this is, this is the, the article itself is pretty self-explanatory and the changes are pretty interesting it's just everyone gets so it's like they stare into the abyss of this triangle for too long and they get lost yeah. the triangle like, is the wait, but it can is can you
3: Avast, if you said it's not that confusing, can you correct me if I'm wrong here? The idea is that at the end of an act, your best nine wins calculate your, like, overall rank. It's like your... Well, pretty much
1: your best nine wins, yeah, Yeah. it it encompasses, but the most important, like, thing for your future rank seasons is your ninth best ranked win. Because they take that ninth best win, not your best win, so like pretty much the lowest of your wins, and say this is your skill level, your most like definitive skill level. This is what we know with confidence that you can achieve because it's the lowest of your best wins, and so that's going to weigh the most heavily as well going into like your placements initially. Is like they're going to try to place you initially around that level and use it for the basis of your starting Mm. placements. Is your okay. ninth win? So that, that kind of makes sense, like, right? Yeah, the, the whole polynomial shit of this, everything gets like <laughs> it's really weird. I'm, but...
2: Yeah, I, I'm not. I think it's from what I saw. I I mean, I I did look into it. I think it's fine. It's just hilarious how they tried to explain it on this. It's just out of control. <laughs> but I think the idea is fine. <laughs> I like it. But
0: yeah, I, 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 it a was, good.
2: Was anyone asking for this though?
3: No. no uh, yes, people. actually,
0: a lot of Ooh. people. A lot of people are asking for a better rank system, something that, because they feel like um, there was no distinguishing way of how they could tell if they were close to a rank up, but now you know that it is your nine best matches. So you're basically working towards getting nine concrete matches of what your goal is. So people were asking for a clearer rank system. Now, is this clearer? Up for debate. I mean, the visual system of
1: it could show you, like, the whole point of it is that your triangle is supposed to, like, fill up with your wins, then they have, like, an indicator based off the level, like the rank Mm -hmm. of the win, and it's supposed to slowly replace them out like you're cycling out the bad ones, you know? Like, it's just, like, it's supposed to be a much more clear visual indicator. The problem is that it's just so convoluted at first look.
0: A really cool thing that they don't—they, I don't think they mentioned in this article, and it was only mentioned on a tweet from a dev. I think it was Morello again, but uh, they mentioned that they are adding an API system for the top ranks, so, mm. so for leaderboards. Ah. So you, people or websites or whatever Blitz—I don't know—some third-party website like you know League does with like OP.gg, Like, overbuff, like, but a more apt comparison, because Riot has done this in League, is like op.gg, where you have this API where you can pull up the info. You can get a leaderboard of who are the best people. So you'll be able to sort who is the the best, I don't know, Viper in the world, who is the best in the world in terms of win rates. Uh, A bunch of other statistics. There will be an actual leaderboard, which means that Sinatra fucking marv crashes. they won't have to keep making alt accounts trying to get radiant on them because there'll be something more to work towards like an actual leaderboard right, right. system which is wasn't mentioned but that it's is a thing what that's that people what people want. wanted <laughs> yeah. like that's what people at yeah, the top ranks wanted
2: we didn't mention exactly what everybody's been clamoring for yeah here yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so, we, yeah. we got you this triangle though yeah. <laughs> hey.
2: yeah.
3: You guys love Toblerone, right? <laughs>
0: there you go. So Kurt's found Good. it. We're launching a Valorant API and have some new policies to go along with it. Is that an article? I, I haven't actually read that. I yeah, just I saw a tweet. So. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Oh, cool. There you go. So new a API. a consistent
1: problem with me hunting down Valorant stuff. Is I feel like I have to like mold through the archives and like the dusty tomes to find like all the stuff. Like it's really <laughs> yeah. they're starting to work on like collating it. You know they have like a, they have like Valor.gg and things like that. But it's it's really hard sometimes <laughs> to find all the info in an easily accessible fashion.
0: Yeah. I'm, uh, so so the act goes into play on the 4th of August? Is that correct?
1: Uh, I believe... Uh, uh, reading? Reading? Wait. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, can I get
0: a fact check on that, please, Jamie? Uh, I'm pretty oh, sure here we go. That...
1: This article is really
3: interesting, though, Brent, because... It, I haven't read it at all, but the very first things it says are, here's what this data should not be used for. Mm-hmm. No personal profiles, scouting tools, et cetera, et cetera, unless individual players choose to share their data. So the the players would have to consent to the API data being used. So some kind of... Riot would have to accept an application for you to use the API to create a leaderboard, and then would have to get the players somehow to like authorize that data. It would be, used a, it'll be like way. Overwatch.
0: There'll be a setting um, that says, do you want to Probably. show your public data? And, like and actually, pro- private uh, Dota, not, right. Dota has that as well. You can right. hide your information, and it's to stop but, third-party applications from pulling up all your stats and showcasing here's what this person likes to play, here's the sites they right. like to play, here's the cards yeah, they yeah. like to play and giving you an, uh, an advantage. Yeah.
3: But mm. look at number two as well. Look at point two. It says no direct substitutes for any in-game queue system. If, mm. the, if your product directly competes with the incentives to play in any in-game queue, we're not going to provide resources to support it.
1: I mean, that sounds like pretty cl- like classic Riot stuff. They don't have really third-party stuff for League, Right. So yeah. I don't think know. this is pretty in line with Riot.
3: Yeah, but I thought there was a chance and a fairly big chance because they've been copying so much from the CS style of running tournaments and that kind of stuff that they would encourage organizations like Faceit or whatever, mm, I, to have third-party matchmaking because it offloads some of the responsibilities from them to create a great product and allows other companies to monetize their top level of play at the same time.
0: Now, hear me out on this. Some of you might agree, disagree. But I think what incentivizes a good game, a good healthy game on Twitch or like YouTube or things like that is having an in-game system that like people enjoy watching people try and achieve in. Having face it, having ECA, these outside systems is complicated for a new viewer to watch because they're like, what is that? Why, why does Global Elite not mean you're the best at the game? Well, no, it's actually these outside systems which dictate if you are the best. In League, they've got the challenger system, right? Where you play the game and you are playing the game in the client and if you make challenger you're really sick of the game and that is what people like know as a metric you want to keep it in the game you want to keep it the systems in the game i think and that's what they want to avoid with these third-party systems because to a degree like league of legends pops off when people are like going on runs and tears like tyler one i don't watch league of legends but when he was on his road to challenger and he was like, he wasn't even streaming his games. He was streaming them on a five-minute delay using the client system so people couldn't stream snipe him. But it had like 50k views or something. It was crazy. I think that's yeah, what they kind of... Keeping in-house is the
1: most elegant solution. Yeah, I that's agree. what they right.
0: want. It's definitely elegant, but is it actually
3: achievable? Because unless you're going to... So, for example, face it in CS, which is the most direct comparison in terms of the game itself has to provide monetary values for people to take the top games seriously and to actually you know try their hardest in all of the games but when you have um i i feel like it isn't possible to create a matchmaking system that works that well in cs or valorant compared to league because in league there isn't like a difference particularly between your decision making and your mechanics like your mechanics are your decision-making a lot of the time. Like the decisions that you're making and how you outplay your opponent is based on the decisions that you make. It's not based on some crazy, like you're not clicking faster than your opponent in like 99% of scenarios, I think. So whereas in CS, you have like a very, very large difference between that. You can have players that are just all aim, no brain and just run in and get kills all the time and they'll, they'll be able to get wins, but they're not going to be able to, they're not actually going to be good players. Whereas isn't like somebody who can perform at the top level in League much more likely, much, much, much more likely to actually be a good team player as well? You have solo like lane phases and all of that kind of stuff where you're not even having to interact with your team in a lot of scenarios. Like That's a, a really crucial part. You don't have that in games like CS or Valorant. I feel like mm-hmm. it's a fool's errand to try and create a system that
1: works as well in games that are so aim-based. I feel like it's just kind of like a some, that almost feels like semantics to me in a way. Because also it's like you can still design your because also it, you can still design your system. Like unless you're just admitting from the bit like from the bat, like we will never be able to design a system for the top level Valorant that will ever be as good as third parties. But like I don't think that's Riot's philosophy. Not only because they want to have more control over the system, but because I think they truly believe that they will be able to build a better system than third parties, I think. Why have we got some? I, I think that is hot cat lady and demon boy <laughs> on the right hand side. What is this? It's here. Tier... This is league. It looks like this is some league stuff. It's a fandom website.
0: Hold on. This is Kurt's trying to tell me what this is. This is av- available positions for each rank in each region of league. Mm. So this is yeah. the amount of slots available. So in Europe mm. West, there's four thousand in Masters, seven hundred grandmasters, and three hundred in challenger. I think that says. So right. these are like. These are sought after positions. This is what people are playing for. And honestly, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, I don't watch a lot of League of Legends, but I think players get picked up into pro teams based on challenger as well. So like it's a system. But what I'm saying is
3: I think that the skills are much more translatable from ranked play into team play. Whereas in a game like CS or in a game like
0: uh, a much more more individual basis.
1: I would say large individual really i don't I would say the opposite because i would say for league like tyler one's entire persona is like he's a one-trick legend where he just like play obviously not so much anymore at times but like he sort of just dominates the ladder on certain characters in league of legends and like wakes his way up and obviously there has to be some cooperation because that's league at its you know highest level But I feel like it's far more likely to find a mechanical god in a CS or Valorant style game and hope to integrate them based off their ladder play than it is for League of Legends, where you can find someone that's like maybe where pretty much you're just hoping that you can find someone that's a mechanical legend and can work with the team. You know, I feel like the the skills are far more translatable in an FPS like attack shooter than it is in League. I
3: I don't really agree because I think that solo queue can only, a solo queue or even ranked gameplay in general can only ever in a, fps game judge your fragging ability most of the time if you have somebody like i don't know like existence or something he isn't going to do anywhere near as well as someone who can just hit all of the heads because the gameplay is way more puggy no one's going for set executes no one's going for like team play kind of stuff whatsoever in those kind of scenarios because they just haven't built up the the synergy with each other to be able to do that whereas in a game like league you've got way more situations where you are like directly taking like lane matchups right from the beginning. And that is pretty similar to how you would be taking them
0: in an actual competitive match. Mm, yeah. I you're saying because it's more pretty preordained true, yeah. that where the setups and how it's, the game is meant to be played. Whereas in a game like Valorant, it's a lot more fluid in which the ways it can be played and, yeah, I'm, I'm, I just think the ranked experience is so 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 different to matches. Yeah. Now maybe yeah, that's just my that.
3: pure ignorance of MOBAs, that absolutely could be true because I don't know them very well, but that's what because when I think about this, I, I I'm really trying to think like how could Riot make a great ranked experience and a leaderboard's a great model because then if you make like okay the top top 100 in north america that's something that everyone's gunning for it's a big prize at the end of it, it holds a lot of esteem or something like that i feel like a lot of those players would be kind of trash at a pro
2: level still because I mean, they, like and they they, can, they still would get shot a lot of those players i i really i i think that if they just introduce the leaderboard the people on the top 100 top 500 people are going to look at them people are going to scout them going to try them out they're going to at least give them a shot and there are going to be players that end up being sick and are able to play at the pro level um i mean the same sure. obviously like if you, if you do want to compare it to cs they don't have an in-game ranking system nobody really cares if someone is global elite in cs that means nothing um it is about playing the pug system on third party sites but that's just because cs never introduced anything like a top 500 they don't really put much into the rank past global elite um so people check for people's Pug results on other sites, which is really just a substitute for an in-game leaderboard in the context of CS. I think. Does anyone from your experience in CS? Does anyone really pay attention to people being at the top of FPL outside of a few notable examples? They do. Yeah. When people Ah. grind their way up to FPL, they give them looks and they'll notice. And the thing is, as well, they the players. I mean, you can tell if you're playing with somebody who actually has the potential to play pro, or if they really are just a pug star and even still those people get opportunities not even not necessarily on like the the, the upper echelon of teams but they'll get opportunities in mm-hmm. tier two to build up their team play skills i just think that this has been a long a long wraparound conversation that kind of just brings it back to the start which is that everybody wants a top 500 and top yeah. 500 would be great for the ecosystem um because right now obviously at some point you would imagine there's gonna be a third party league, like
0: ESEA or something, where there are tiers, and then you will be able to well, see which players are performing. Be. Because, Maybe, yeah, I don't, I, don't I, don't th- I don't think Riot will allow it personally. So they, they need to, that's kind of why there's so much emphasis on making sure this well, rank system is concrete. Even if it's a Riot sanctioned tournament, I'm just saying there's going yeah, to be a way. Mission yeah. Mission
1: series, right? There's, so ESEA yeah, yeah. would be allowed to hold competition, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: That's true as cool. well. But th- there will be some, whether it's Riot or third party, there will be a league with divisions for players to rise to the top. I just think that once they have that, once they have the top 500, the yeah. ecosystem will be flowing and it'll be. Everything will be good All right.
0: to go. Let's move on to the tournaments that have been played recently. The We Play Invitational. I, I, when was this? Because I, I mean, this was years ago, wasn't it?
1: July 12th to July 18th. <laughs> okay. It was I mean, like when we did our last episode two
3: weeks ago, the very, very first games were just being played. But oh, this is the most recent right. thing that's happened yes. in Europe.
0: Yeah. And I think my, my major takeaway here was that G2 would dominate any team right now in the scene. That was my over, overarching takeaway, and also that the EU scene was significantly better in terms of just how they played compared to any other region. They had a much better understanding of setting up executes, plays, patience, discipline, that kind of, that, 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 that kind of style, which for some reason feels lost in NA, and I'm yeah. so shocked that it's... Well, I mean, I'm kind of skipping ahead because one of the topics is... Uh, pretty far ahead, is, is NA lagging behind EU. But, I mean, I think this is a good place to start when you compare to we play Invitational Tournament. I don't know what, what you guys felt, but when I watched that tournament, I felt a significant difference already between EU and NA.
2: I think the upper echelon of EU is the upper echelon of the game, Yeah. period. Yeah. Like I, the, yeah. Specifically the top few EU... T- I mean, like, when you're talking about G2, uh, NIP, even Fish123 at this yeah. point, they did a lot better than I thought they would in that tournament, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, I thought the final up. was... 100 gonna be G2 nip, but I, I was surprised to see Fish yeah uh, make it. That that was very was, unexpected <laughs> to God me. I remember this play from Kriya. This is the most
0: this is the Reddit <laughs> Omen play because they were like, Oh, oh he's yeah. in the high so ground.
1: Nuts. Yeah, is great it was gonna be very Tins. It was a very tins like play to me, where they'll just like do some crazy like super aggro shit and then push through like a smoke like like Stewie yeah. and C S or something, and they'll just like make it work. Yeah, and I felt like it was just a, it was a nasty. But I I do think though for EU, the one thing that's hard to rate about it is because also since one of our topics was like top five teams, so many teams have just been disbanding that were looking yep. pretty good like yeah. Fabrican and Party Parrots, you know, because it's just so hard to find money because getting money out of EU works is like squeezing blood from a stone, like in its current yeah. environment. It's, it's yeah. really it's unfortunate, just so hard
0: to be honest. I I think. Yeah. I said this previously, and I still stand by this actually, that I think because the opportunities and sponsorship opportunities are so uh so much less in Europe, like there's a lot less money going around compared to NA. I feel like the, the competition is a lot harsher. Like I feel like you have to be really quite good. And that has it helps also that the EU CS scene is really quite good. Like and it always has been. It's been the dominant yeah. region for pretty much the entirety of CS. There's been some, of course, some examples where NA has come out on top, like when C9 won the Major, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, yeah. that was like the one-time yes. one yeah. yeah, period right. where NA was dominant. Um, well, Liquid but, had a really good run.
1: Liquid had a really I good know, run but, not that long ago, too, on. yeah.
0: So, so there have been opportunities, but across the board, generally speaking, EU has been the dominant region when it comes to CS-like games. Um, and you see this now in Valorant, and I think also the lack of sponsorship opportunities means that you, you, you've got this... I don't know, this forced evolution of teams. They have to adapt. They have to improve over one another. Otherwise, they're not going to get picked up.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, a pretty good point. Now, as for the tournament format of this, though, I just want to... the been a, Both of the tournaments that were run recently had some big, obvious problems with them. And it's so weird to me that every time an esport starts up... Oh, this play from Hip was nasty. Oh, God, yeah. He just runs straight into him to grab the Dismiss it's filthy but this tournament though had a swiss system in it which is normally really cool but the play- the teams only played 3 matches mm, yeah it was that a
1: meant that limited amount
3: it was yeah. it was really dumb because party parrots ended up playing against g2 and fish 123 so they ended up 1 and 2 whereas yeah. need more dm lost their first game and then won the next two against Fours and Nolpelnke. So they ended up finishing in the top four. When clearly to anybody who was watching, G2, yeah. Fish 123, Nip and Party Parents were the top four teams. Like there was a clear and obvious divide between the top four teams and the bottom four teams in this tournament. And the the format of swiss swiss is good but you need to play more games than just you, yeah, you I mean, need to play actual right. swiss you can't just think, throw the
1: name on there right I don't you know think you, I've you ever can ever actually that. do the system
2: that's not swiss
1: yeah i don't think i've
2: ever seen a swiss system that says it's swiss but just isn't i've never <laughs> yeah. seen
1: that in a tournament before it just it's doesn't really make any sense funny. like the, like, why would you throw the name on here and it's just not at all really yeah, it's, it's just like either. it's a scam it's just i've been scammed by willsley
2: <laughs> i got it as far as this well I don't want to get too far ahead of the tournament thing. One thing I will say though, I think I'm I am i am both not 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 too alarmed, but I'm I'm surprised uh and impressed by how often G2 loses the first map and then wins the series 2-1. Yeah. That has happened yeah.
0: 7 times. So often. I think <laughs> it's ridiculous G2 how often they've done that. Incredible, though. Like yeah. in terms of the talent that's on that team, I uh, uh, they look really good. They've got two very strong oppers in a game where opping is incredibly powerful right now. And Artis isn't even their primary opper. Like, yeah. that's mental that you don't have Artis as your primary opper. You've got Mixwell, who's also very good, but the, the, this entire team is so well-rounded.
3: They, I just looked at the stat, actually, Wyatt. They've played 12 best of threes so far, and they've lost <laughs> the first map in five of them. Yeah. <laughs> they've won it, all of them. That's yeah. 50% the of the time, then. But yeah, like almost 50 percent of the time, they're dropping the first map. And when I watch G two, I am really impressed. They are a super team. They are dominant. Like I've been loving. I I've watched all of the G two games from the observer point of view. And then I've gone back and watched them all from either Mixwell or David P's point of view as well, because they stream them and you get to hear all of the team comms and like what they're planning in all of the rounds. So that's really helpful for someone trying to do analysis for the scene, because a lot of the time you can say, oh, well, they must have known X and X. And then you listen to the team comms and and they either had like a different read on it or they didn't understand it. And so you get more of a feel of like what was really happening inside the team scenario, mm-hmm. I think that this team has still got a couple of issues. Their attacking side is often pretty sloppy. Like, there's a lot of times where they just try and force it on attack, um, which is pretty disappointing sometimes. I feel like it's when a recurring
1: have... theme with like a lot of teams right now, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, obviously, I, teams site like attack, like site pushes in general on attack are just a lot of teams, even the best ones in both regions, sort of just be like, okay. We're going in, dick swinging. And like that, that's like the push. And I feel like G2 is definitely like, I mean, because I think we had this discussion on Twitter. Didn't we sideshow a little bit where you made a statement like, right now, like so many teams just lack the micro level decision making, you know, where they're just like two or two members are just like making a play together, you know? And they just understand exactly how it's going to happen, like how they want it to go down. And I feel like for a game, for esports in general, that's such like a strong skill no matter the game because it's so much of like macro strategy is just like, a bunch of players working together and sort of like, and just saying like, we're going to make this play and we're going to see what happens like off the peak when I use this, or we're going to like set it up in such a way. And then the macro sort of develops from what happens from all the micro there. And G2 is just really, really good at like, someone's going to be like, okay, David, you're going to slow this. I'm going to peak or like, I'm going to flash here. We're going to swing wide. You know, we're going to fake like, it's just like two to three people at a time, just making little set plays. And then it works Mm -hmm. into the wider goal.
3: Yeah, they're all big fraggers, but they're all really intelligent players. So if somebody says, hey, I want to peek this, they understand what utility to use without ever having pre-discussed it, I think. They just understand what utility they need to use to be able to set their teammates up for success. And so they've been a really fun team to watch. But this like split out... Um system of communication does sometimes lead to especially the attacking rounds being pretty all over the place because it's easy on defense because you know that if someone's coordinating an attacking piece, the rest of you are supposed to stay still basically and mm. just like hold your ground. Whereas on attack, I feel like sometimes they have everybody's trying something and sometimes they just push blindly into an area. I think that's definitely an area that they can improve on. Would, but Artis is also an incredible short caller for the macro style. He's nuts. He's like was the to, primary
0: short caller for the macro stuff, and he's so good. If I was to ask you to create a top 10 list globally of players in the game right now, how many of them would be from G2? Probably five. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> right.
1: honestly, like a at lot, least, a at, lot least of, at least four, four I'd yeah, say. At, at, least least four. Yeah. at least four.
0: I, th- I completely agree with you guys as well when I was thinking about this, and I was like, it's kind of insane. Now, I mean, I think a, 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 an interesting conversation to have as well is who we all think the best player in the world is, and th- th- this is a conversation me and Wyatt have been having yeah. for the past week. Just every time we <laughs> see each other, each other in the kitchen after a Valorant <laughs> tournament, it's like... I feel like it's a little we...
1: early to make that. You think oh, so? You think oh, so? No, I don't no, think so. It's tense. I I, I, wanna, I would say I, I would say that list, we but. still haven't seen any cross regional play really.
0: But you can oh, make right. a good so judgment. We're speculating. Yeah, it's a huge but, speculation. It's yeah. a little bit clickbaity. But the, the, the point of it is you you're kind of just you're judging based off of what you've seen from that individual and like I guess the competition they played against and their accomplishments thus far. I mean I'm curious if you were to make this if I'm if I'm to ask you to step out of your mind palace for one second and join me in my humble shack of speculation. <laughs> what would you say is the best player in the world right now
2: i'm i'm i already said it so i'll just say i'm i'm 100% i think it's tens i think he's he has in terms of his rifling and aupping i think he is just god tier at both he's incredibly versatile yeah. In in those ways, his decision making I think might be the fastest in the game right now. When you see him in in combat yeah, scenarios, when he's on jet, his ability usage decision making is quicker than anybody else's. He makes the right move at the at the fastest speed, yeah. um, and also hit. I mean, you, there's something to be said about the rest of his team and him being, like, against all odds in so many scenarios. To be fair,
1: C9 has started building out, like, part of the reason C9 looks so rough, and it's also why I feel like it's so early to make the calls, like, so many rosters have sort of just, like, been advancing, so, like, iterating so much recently, and I feel like C9 is, like, the key to that, where, like, first it was it's Tins versus the World, then they get Relics, And they're like starting to get their little bit. And then they add Mitch. And I feel like it really starts clicking for them, even though they start, even though they lose, you know, at the end of Sentinels. I think that like this is just such a fast time of iterative processes and like teams don't even know what their roster is going to be. It it really must be said, though, that
3: Tens is playing alongside. Players that very, very regularly get half to a third of his kills. Yeah, <laughs> then, on a very regular basis, he does not have a secondary fragger on this team apart from maybe Relics, who's starting. To
1: I would say up, Mitch that? performed pretty well, honestly. During there's the latest during packs, like especially in the grand final, like not perfect, not great. He was but doing I, all right. I, yeah, he was. Do- I would say that like this. The thing for C9 is that they've been building instead of Tins having to just like drag four people behind him. You know, Rock Lee. Style and drop the weights type of thing. Like, I think like they've started adding people that are slowly getting there and they're building their synergy, starting with relics and Mitch.
3: But also, uh, he's oh, he's playing alongside up. a, a Sova player who's
2: dropping like 10 frags a game. Dude, <laughs>
3: that's, I mean that's, that's dreadful. In he though. doesn't Vice have like a partner to
2: go in with. Yeah. Vice and sh- yeah. I mean, this is so off topic, but if someone starts talking about cloud nine, I just go, mental. I can't contain these hot takes. But but really, he, I mean, he has two players on his team that are struggling to get above 10 frags in a game. And, and, and I'm, not mad, I'm actually not mad at them having Shinobi on the team because throughout his entire history in, in previous titles, he was always an in-game leader or a coach. So I'm not mad at them having like, a, if he's like, you, you can't actually hear his calls because Tens doesn't play with team audio when he's streaming these tournaments. But if he's like existence- in game leading and not getting kills, I'm okay with that. The problem is, there, I mean, there are there are a litany of problems with that team.
3: But, <laughs> but I just, it's absolutely Dude, I, I mean, we got to we got to talk current, about something else. I'm gonna okay, lose but, my mind. Uh, I though don't think it is tens because I think you can't argue against artists because oh. not only does artists combine a really good rifling and and orping, which I, I don't. I'm not going to say that he's better than tens at rifling and orping, but I would say that he's certainly up there. He's within the same kind of caliber, like arguably best orper within Europe when he was Mm -hmm. playing that as his primary role. And he's taken the rifle in incredibly well as well. His ability usage and stuff in terms of his like, empowering his team is also really good and he puts up bonkers fragging not quite as bonkers as tens is but he's really really good at that but the the thing that pushes it over the edge for me for why artis is the best in the world right now is because not only when you look at him play is he great but he's never lost a best of three series and he's the primary shot caller for his teams like he is okay he's not controlling the game in terms of like he's the puppet master making everyone else dance but he's Providing a lot of the macro calls in terms of rotations and where people should push. He has help from the rest of his team. He's not the solo guy, but he is the main dude who's making a lot of these reads and calls on the game. And to combine all of those skills into one player is absurd. And then when you partner him with someone like Mixwell, who's almost the tens of EU in terms of like his rifling and the heroes that he plays and stuff like that, then you've got like a god squad,
0: like a real... One two punch yeah. that's phenomenal for G2. I've asked just to you just decided not to take part in this conversation. Well, it's, I mean, it's above John, you.
1: What do you want me to do? You want me to tell like, Uncle Egg is speaking? What do you want me to like jump in here? Why it was frothing about C9? Like, I mean, you said you, said you I don't think to... it's
0: applicable right now. You said it's not, it's not uh, a problem. I mean, conversation. I don't
1: think that I think without cross regional play, like oh, I said, it's speculation, right? right? But, answer, but who I, gets, I, mean, I, don't, I don't give a shit. we're gonna speculate, right?
0: There we go, I'm
1: kind of split. I'm kind of split myself because I think in like the right team environment, Tins mm-hmm. will be a better player than Artists because Josh actually hits my EU pick, which is Artists, like yeah. followed closely by maybe Mixwell. Um, and but my NA pick is definitely Tins because it like all the reasons, but he's cracked out, you know, he's hit, it, he's just like crazy, and he has really really insane decision making, like just the quickness of it on top of his mechanics, right? But he just never, it's just. It just hasn't been the right team environment, him for really for me to make the definitive, like, yeah, he's the best. Yeah. I would say, in the more complete package, artist is there. Like, 100%, yeah. I think artist is like the more complete package. But I feel like sometimes to be the best, it's not always about being the most complete, it's about being such a monumental force that you're like, you're like fucking Vesuvius when you explode and you bury <laughs> a civilization. <laughs> And, and tens, <laughs> tens is that if you put him in the right yeah. environment, I yeah. feel, and it just hasn't I, been achieved.
3: I would love to see tens play on a good team. It is phenomenal yeah. to me that tens plus the squad is making it to finals when they only have one map that they look competent nope. on. Uh, if to you, be fair, if you put him in any other kind oh of good no. team, okay. surely Cloud Nine dominates. To be surely, fair, how Cloud Nine.
0: I think in the last two tournaments, Cloud9 have had a very easy path to the finals. Yes, they, yeah, they I have, say, I, it's, yeah. it's, They've been playing yeah. against... They, they, I think the the hardest team they've been playing against a lot a lot of the time when they're making it to, the, to the finals has been TSM, and well, TSM been a, have been I think Immortals, recently.
1: they pop up against like a lot. Yeah, They, yeah,
0: they actually yeah. didn't play against in TSM in the last
3: two tournaments. They played yeah. against Gen.G in the first one, I think, mm, and then they played yeah. against Immortals in this most recent one to make they, it to the finals. They lost to Gen.G in the previous one. Is what happened? Yeah, I think they, I think they beat them and then lost to them though, didn't they? Uh, or something like that. I can't. Um, All I know is they lost them right now. So What? Me. How
1: they played um, them early in? They played TSM, and then they beat TSM, and then they went to. Yeah, they lost. They actually didn't. If you're talking about the group stages, I'm not sure. Oh yeah, no, they lost to them in the groups as well. So yeah, yeah they. Groups, yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. Sorry, in the Pulse Invitational, they beat TSM two one, but then they lost to Genji in the final. Yeah. Yes. yeah. 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 You're right.
2: And then in the, yeah, in the packs they got to play against homeless who were this was their first yeah. outing as a, like a pug team you know, and immortals an who were shit in the bed. Yeah. Yeah, and they fell really off were really hard ahead. the past two weeks so.
0: Yeah, interesting. I, I,
2: I, I want to hop back on the EU.
3: Yeah, topic. I was, I was, on on topic. On I was about to
0: drag us back yeah. onto
3: it. Yeah, we're crazy off topic here, but but a team that I want to revisit is I want to talk some with, some more about Fish and NIP because this was the first time that we've seen either of these teams back at full strength, if you want to put it like that. Because mm-hmm. NIP had one outing where they were kind of playing as Prodigy and they they just announced, you know, they were basically playing as like a mix. And Fish123 have only been playing in the past with Scream on Reyna and they made this swap to Breach and they've tried to like flesh out their team play yeah. style a little bit more. I, I was curious as to what you guys think about fish one, two, three, because they clearly have changed their style a lot from their original method of play, but it, they're, they're a weird team. Now they're, they're, they're super passive on the defenses, but they have good kind of crossfires and setups. And when I watch scream, cause I've been going back and watching a lot from screams point of view, cause he's the guy that's been streaming it on fish. One, two, three, and I feel like he wastes his utility constantly on Breach and s- still kind of plays a bit of a like loner kind of style. So I don't really.
1: But I mean, I, that's Scream, right? Yeah. That's like literally hard, ha- like part of the reason for his exit from CS was because he was like, the, I am the one tap master, you know? And like, I don't know how to nade. But they yeah, did
3: have yeah. good performances in this tournament. They beat Party Pirates 2 1. They beat yes. NIP 2 1. And they nearly. I mean they they didn't nearly beat nip the first time around but they took a map off nip the first time around so i mean they, they did pretty well here
2: i i didn't i felt like the wins they were getting though they were not clean wins they were getting wins off the back of just i mean there were scream had some sickening performances in that tournament and mm. and it, i mean just mostly on the basis of aim because i 100 agree with what you were saying about the utility i thought even when he was using it There, there were a lot of moments where he was when he was using his utility, like he would use his tremor, and they would catch people, and then he just couldn't even capitalize on it because it was either like a solo. There was a time where he tremored and he hit four people with it, and he got like whatever, like two kills. There was a guy, one of his teammates, wasn't even ready for it, and then he just ran in after and died when they when they were unstunned. Like it was just odd timing. Wasn't using it effectively as a team to defend that
0: i say defend it i'm gonna try and put myself in scream shoes which i can do quite easily you know i feel like okay. I'm on a similar level to <laughs> yeah him.
3: you're a mechanical mastermind <laughs> yeah, so, yeah yeah they yeah. call uh, Brent the 30 tap master <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: the i think breach is one of those characters that i think na teams haven't been playing him as much because um he he had a lot of playtime early you remember in the early competitive scene like he i was mean i a lot of breach time. to be like s tier initially mm-hmm yeah, yeah. because he was like year, oh my but god least he's crazy points. like his ult can deny plants you know he gets all this utility he gets a replenishing stun that that comes off cooldown every 30 seconds he's got flashes that last the longest you can do them from range a crazy over character the issue with him is the pace of the game has increased since then and breach i think has struggled to find a kind of footing in a, a kind of meta that's developed where everything is very puggy very loose very fast and he, when he's using his abilities, he has big wind-downs, wind-up wind-downs. When he's flashing, going in and out, it's hard to follow it up himself, right, from doing it. So I, li- I like to think when I watch screenplay, so I remember you made this comment, Josh, when you were talking about it. And I was watching it, and I think part of the reason is he is using his game sense to know when he can get away with using utility. He might not be able to capitalize off of it, but he knows he's not going to get punished for it. So he's throwing it out willy-nilly trying to and then maybe the the fucking 12 moons will align and suddenly <laughs> there will be an opportunity to capitalize off of this utility that he's thrown out into the abyss but I think he's just trying to be quite smart and not get caught with his trousers down, pulling out a flashbang, setting up a stun. does that make yeah. sense?
3: I, I think that does make sense, but maybe then it's the wrong hero for screen yeah because you look at a lot of the other breach players in europe and you look at like shadow lols who plays for fabrican and is mainly on the AWP, and so he's sat passively quite a lot and you look at uh, ssk who plays for party pirates or played i mean both of those teams are dead but they they, yeah. they were alive recently <laughs> they are very fresh warm. They're warm, to warm. Yeah. uh so, yeah, both of those players aren't really the big fraggers on their team. And so I don't. I think that they went for the breach because they needed more utility than what the Rayner could provide. But I still think that this isn't the final form for Scream. I don't no. think this is the place where you necessarily want him to I, stay. Yeah,
0: I, I also think a team like Fish123, just to add on quickly, they're, they're almost forced to find answers to a lot of the op-heavy styles that have been coming out recently definitely, definitely. because they're a, a really rifle heavy team and one of the counters is is long range flashes which breach provides you do kind of need that to a degree so but yeah i mean that, that's a great point that you know maybe this isn't the best hero I, for Scream. I, I,
2: you know i've been saying this to you when we were watching i th- i think that scream should be playing phoenix and i think they should try to run a faster more aggressive kind of puggier style mm-hmm. uh game and i think i don't know why scream hasn't been playing phoenix ever before because I think that is a great agent for him. Um, you know,
1: you I feel like they're self- still stuck in the box of like breach is good, you know? Because it's not that yeah. breach is bad necessarily, but it's very clear that they're jamming Scream I, into a box of being aggressive, you know? And yeah. I I also feel that like they're operating off like sort of you know i coined this term somewhat recently for a different game but i'm gonna use it here we're still sort of seeing it as like meta inertia in a way you know and mm-hmm. i think breach has fallen into that category for scream because you know he's someone that started he's a, obviously we're still in the beginning of valorant but there was the proto beginning you know the ooze the primordial <laughs> soup of Valorant, and that was and that was and scream was sort of there initially and breach was really really good and i think that Teams have started to realize that breach. You have to play that much more passive e- style of breach that Josh was that Sidesha was talking about because of the fact that uh, it's so. Teams have gotten so much better at just denying breach his ability to follow up by just do, being better at utility and crossfire. You know, as everyone's gotten better, it's just yeah. a lot harder for breach to just like YOLO. I'm fucking putting my stuff against the wall. I'm flashing and I'm running in and I'm gonna get a kill. Like it's I, way harder to do that. I, I don't really think though that okay. I I mean there are many
3: other issues with fish123's roster on a theoretical basis they did a great job of covering up this tournament i think through really good team play and like an understanding Mm. of how to hold areas i think if you take that if you take that more puggy style the only player that's going to benefit is scream and probably the other four players on their team are not going to benefit so much because i don't think that this team has a wealth of firepower behind it. They have players that are naturally a bit more passive and want to play a more strategic, slow style. I don't... Apart from maybe Soulcast, you don't have another big fragger on this team that comes out very regularly with, like, aggressive plays.
2: Yeah, I I think that they just need to... I I say... Clarify my my meaning of the pugier style. I, I more so mean... I think they need to let Scream off the leash... little bit more and uh let him do his thing and then and then they kind of play their game around him to an extent phoenix
1: fits that role way better than breach more so than just being a cog
2: in the machine i think that if they let him play phoenix and just play his game he could dominate to a, a, a higher level than he was in terms of just raw fragging on breach or sage and if they can just fill in the team play consistent game around him, then they could take their entire team to another level because he is hindered a little bit by these agents that he's being, you know, I don't know if he's being forced to play them or if he's trying to play them to fit into their machine, but I don't think that that is necessarily the optimal strategy for them as a team. Yeah, it's interesting as well when they move on to
3: Bind because on Bind, you want to be playing, at least in the current European meta, you want to be playing the Sova and the Rays. And that means that Scream can't really be playing the Breach. Like, Breach doesn't get played all that often unless you're playing a sageless composition. So he moves over to the Sage in that scenario and has ended up playing the Sage for them, which is his original role when he first yeah, started he playing Valorant. Play he was on the scre- uh, on the, the Sage at the beginning. Uh, but when I look at this team, I feel like he should just take the sa- the raise pretty much full-time. If he was able to pick up that raise role, the entry frag of the orper, play more like Zippan, for example, when he was playing for Fabrican, that's a role where you can really impose your will upon a game. of your will. All of your, utility, your, <laughs> yeah, all of your <laughs> utility is just set up to help get you frags and flush people into your sightlines. And if he can learn that hero and get good at it, yeah. that could be a massive boon for Fish One Two Three because they can just move... Uh, Soulcast over to the Sova full time. Link can stay on the stage, and they've just got a a sicko system. I want to move this along. Yeah, I was about to uh... say,
1: we're doing the scream hour over here. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we're really breaking
0: down the nuances of scream. I want to talk about um, Big, B I G. Uh, Mm. I'm not talking notorious, I'm talking the team. They picked up a couple of players. um, (laughs) You like that? Uh, Just keep going. Just keep going. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Uh, the yeah. So they picked up a couple of players. Now, Big was in the CS scene when I actually just stopped following CS. Is when they got into it. But now they, 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 uh, they're opening up with a little Valorant team here. Um, uh, some of these pickups. Again, Josh, you are you're our EU correspondent. You're, you're you know, you dream of the motherland on a regular basis. You, uh, <laughs> can you can you can you break really down this pickup? I
1: don't know very much about this te- about these three players they picked up at uh, all. I, yeah, I mean, I don't. Well-
3: well, I know that, well, at the moment Big is the number one team in like this online era of CS, and I, I, I don't think that these players necessarily have that much to do with it, but I know that God B in the past
2: was supposed to be their big IGL player, wasn't he? he was, wasn't he like yeah, the brains God, behind God B? Is God a, B big? Yeah, he, he's he's renowned as an IGL, basically for for a long yeah. time. He's been around CS, I, I don't know exactly how many years, but he's been around for a really long time. He's always been an in-game leader. Um, When he was on the big team before, they were Pretty solid yeah. EU team, um, like hanging around the, the edges of the top 10, usually. Um, and he, yeah, he was just always around for that ability. So I think, I, I mean, look, he stopped playing CS if, uh, for them, and if he wants to play Valorant, and if he has the same level of passion for strategizing and leadership in a new title, then it makes sense to me. Uh, he's experienced
0: so in the role. These, yeah, success. these players have moved over from CS over yes. to Valorant? Yes, yes. Right. Yeah, that's Do a, they feel it, there's
1: like a salary increase involved with that? I feel like that seems almost impossible, even though some of the salaries initially yeah. have been kind of crazy. Well,
0: I mean, if nobody okay. else has anything to add, I mean, there's a little article that we've got that's based on salaries. You know, we've got a little little, yeah, uh, true, little true. thing here that basically goes into the, the, the discussions about the salaries. I well, haven't I read this, <laughs> so I don't know what, uh, what this article is, but apparently, what is this, T-E-O? Um, yeah, the eSports reported... Observer. The eSports Observer, ah. And, and they they're normally pretty good. Like their,
3: their articles are normally pretty well sourced and uh, and looked into. They normally report on a lot of like business stuff behind the yeah. scenes, but this is like a bit of a, I guess, like a business analysis, honestly, of of Valorant so far. And what did the, what was the conclusion that it's above? So the well, <laughs> well, I mean, that's. <laughs> That remains to be seen as to how the... I mean, to, to address that point, though, a little bit at the beginning, the recent PAX Invitational saw 70, 75,000 yeah, views. Yeah, almost the hit the yeah That was
1: pretty good. It was pretty good. It's it's really, really good, good The yeah, last milestone insane. was like 50 for the Pulse, I believe. Yep. Yeah. So that's a pretty decent-sized like, jump. That's like... To the point where
3: I am no longer believing it is 100% a bubble. Because before that, it seemed like the viewership could in no circumstances support the money involved. But it does seem like viewership is A, growing, and B, already at a pretty decent rate. And it's going kind of
2: organically. mm -hmm. Uh, I was just going to say as well, on on a note with the matches, viewership (laughs) on YouTube is really good too. Like if you, I don't know if anyone else has gone in there, recommended like... Uh, I always get mods. six
1: Valorant plays of, <laughs> no. of XX, and I get like 20 different videos of someone I, just putting yeah. content. But like
2: those uh, those channels that, that have existed in CS for a while, but now in this, where they like basically cut down the matches to the fights and the good moments, right? Just shortening the matches, they're getting like 100k plus per match on really? some of the channels i have seen. Yeah, wow. Valorant Uncle used to
1: eggs. suck on YouTube. Like at the beginning, it was Valorant horrible. Was awful.
0: Yeah. But maybe that, maybe that makes sense, you know, because a lot cool. of the viewership Valorant in CS have a lot of
1: yeah tournament, right? You're going to go tournaments. T-
0: tournaments. So yeah, Uncle Egg, you've got you got some work to do. You know, you got you got some you got some opportunities Egg. here. I well, love the nickname Uncle Egg.
1: Well, yeah, you know? no, it absolutely is because, course, like, even absolutely. with CS, which gets like crazy viewership, people still complain about salaries being too high for players, right, you yeah. know. And we've already got reports like, and I, as someone that who's now technically under the umbrella of an organization 000. that has a Valorant team, that since they signed, we like, that pretty much we are terrific uh, with the yeah. NB team. Uh, I feel like even still, I've heard a lot of just crazy stories already about orgs being priced out of Valorant before this scene even yeah. began. You yeah. Know. I, quite so
3: the the quote that was in this article said, according to a variety of sources, the average salary for a full five player team in Valorant can range anywhere from fifteen thousand US dollars to over twenty five thousand dollars a month, depending on the region. Now. I also saw, and this was posted to the Valorant subreddit. Oh, hello, black screen.
1: Wait, twenty thousand um, like for the whole team a month? For the for the whole team a month. That's on yes. the low end, my yeah. I feel. I feel like that's kind of on the low end at points for Right. Some so that's only
3: five thousand dollars a month. That's like early Overwatch. Not not right at the beginning of Overwatch salaries. This is obviously much larger, yeah. but it's it's like what if you remember when Rogue and Misfits were around and they were battling yeah, for the that sort teams, of that? Yeah, that was sure. the kind of the pricing. So the, what is that? That's end of twenty sixteen, beginning twenty seventeen, kind of Overwatch League or like mm-hmm.
1: before Overwatch League. I think that was right, right at the start of like right towards the beginning of like season zero contenders type of stuff. You know, yeah, or maybe yeah. right before it even. Yeah, early twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah.
3: So, so this is. This is not as bonkers as we were led to believe. I've also heard things that were more bonkers, but maybe those sources, maybe this is talking more about like an average compared to the the,
1: average makes sense. If you take every team that is in a select few, this amount makes sense. I also want to point out that
3: Ocelot, Carlos R, who is the G2 CEO, I think um, tweeted about this article and said, this is bullshit, check your sources or something. And then I believe he deleted the tweet because I couldn't find it again. And so Mm. I think that he maybe misunderstood and thought that this article was reporting that players were getting 15 to 25K a month Mm. and didn't realize that that was whole teams getting 15 to 25K a month. Because, I mean, that is the difference between quite reasonable salaries, actually, if you think that there's long-term growth in this game, to absurd CSGO... Blown out of proportion, yeah. kind of level
0: salaries, like elite. I tier heard one. from some. I've heard that some players are receiving CSGO level salaries if they have the backing, like in terms of the following, the social media following. But that's purely just rumors, is what I've, what I've, yeah. been, you know. Nothing.
1: In. Obviously, nothing is like directly confirmed by any means. And I'm sure Oswald over there was like he could feel his wallet screaming into the. Void yeah, I mean, he's got it, yeah. it, I mean, more now, but, reasons than. Yeah. Yeah
0: anyone to be like, what the fuck is this? You know, like yeah. he's I've owner. definitely
1: heard a lot of different takes from it. Certain teams are paying tier one salaries yeah. like C S tier one for certain but also uh, across the board, you know. Certain teams though, very select.
3: Yeah. Say. You say that Oslo has a good reason to to downplay the salaries. But a lot of the people that leak salaries are the agents or the players who are incentivized to pump those prices up as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there is a balance on both sides. Like you're, you're more likely as an agent to report the salaries that are on the higher end, because you want to make that seem like it's the norm to pressure these team owners into making it the norm.
1: Yeah. Very Um, true.
3: Interesting though. Very interesting because you've got to imagine that a team like, FaZe, for example, who are just signing, you know, or or Sentinels, too, who are signing big names from CS plus big names like poaching them, essentially, from the Overwatch League. They've
2: got to be shelling out the money compared to a team like, for example, FaZe. A Team Envy. Maybe last point on the salary thing, but I was going to say, I mean, bringing up FaZe, lest we forget, they were paying Tfue two grand a month in Fortnite. and The numbers he was
0: yeah Brilliant. really That's, yeah dude they, yes. i was gonna yes. say you were That's talking like about the part early like the
1: lawsuit or... is about right i believe with tfue it's like yeah. part of their whole lawsuit yes. ongoing is part of and part of the answer on that
2: even when when Fortnite, when the summer skirmishes were starting and, and epic was supporting the tournaments player salaries around then were like 3k average max like yeah. so there were leaked twitter dms of popular players uh, like in discussions for mm-hmm. like 3,000 a month from good orgs. So.
1: Yeah. 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 was like, but obviously the expectations from when Tfue like sort of set his con, like that's part of the whole dispute there was like the he was signed on with the expectation of like the scene was sort of emerging and it never went back and talked about those expectations again. You know, it was because which something that does happen with orgs where like you'll sign on someone that's a big name and Sometimes you just never go back to reconsider where they're currently at. You sort of right. just let it be until but they bring that's it. That's something
0: that they need to include in the contract, like a renegotiation period after three months, six months, whatever.
1: Yeah, but obviously that's where like we get into the business of like that's where players and content creators and stuff need to be, and they're looking for their best interest and be knowledgeable because what because only a good good nature yeah. orgs will obviously do that, but it's never in an org's best interest necessarily to do right. that, even if yeah. it might be slightly scummy.
0: Uh, okay, well, yeah, I mean, let's talk about FaZe Clan then because we've, we've kind of moved on to that and then we can drift into the Pax Invitational off of the back of it. But Face Clan have finally started to pick up more players and it's not the players, so I thought they would. I I I mean, about time that Marv got picked up. Marv is oh sick. Like, that guy's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, he guy is really so is. Good. he's so really good. So 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 good. Um, I
3: feel like every time we talked about FaZe, we just said they must pick up Marv, otherwise this team is a, a, a show, a, yeah. a disaster, when, when a, they, con, yeah.
2: a scam. <laughs> yeah. When they announced Zachary first, I was losing it. Yeah, I, I mean, couldn't <laughs> believe that that was the first person they
0: announced. God bless him as well. Like I, I, I like Zachary, and I think that he got shot on in the Overwatch scene, but his tournament performances in. Valorant have not been I mean, that great either. Performance. Hasn't performance the one I is think, it,
1: well, he was in a st- He stood was in. Was it the for... Overwatch tournament
0: he was in? Where he's re- I think he representing stood in for team for
1: o- before, right?
3: Team it was overwatch a tournament before this. But wasn't there just one tournament? That's what I mean. Like, he only played in the T1 Nerd Street Gamers Valorant Showdown. Was it? Well, okay.
0: Was it, was it that? Yeah. I thought I it was mean, just, I'm T1. joking, I'm There's joking. Yeah, it was, it yeah. was only T1. T1. Yeah, you're, right. Well, you're a, right. Okay, but one tournament is not realistically enough to judge a player's performance off of. If we're doing that, we might as well just fucking... Also, okay,
1: he definitely... He wasn't, like, incredible all the time, but he definitely had good moments, you know? Like, it wasn't like an all... like I sh- He wasn't like he showed up and is like, hey, give me the free money I'm here to collect and I'm not doing anything type of thing. It just yes. was meh.
2: Yeah, yeah. Which, I'm, uh, yeah, I don't want to write him off too early. It's It, it was just...
1: I, I was weird at, first yeah, it, was, it was weird Marved, to announce him yeah.
2: first When then they also have Marv who is signed who's I mean it's very likely for me praising, that it
1: could be so. very possible that Marv could be one of those players that was like looking at other options and FaZe maybe had to like sweeten the deal you know maybe, like because yeah. there's definitely a lot of competition for yeah. players I, right now that people are perceive as good It also comes down to what FaZe are trying to create though too I feel
3: like FaZe as an organization has prioritized picking up players that all oh, right, they want skilled players, but they want people with big brand recognition as well. Like that seems to be the
1: phase model. It's pretty far away from that.
3: Yeah, Marv is not a big name. He's what? a big player, but he's not a big name. I, uh, I and, think he fits you know, the phase Zachary brand. Even
0: Zachary
1: is Zachary's
3: a smaller name than you might expect, considering that he's an Overwatch League, you know, tier one player. He's just been benched for a long time and wasn't even that popular when he was playing at a yeah. uh, tier one level.
0: Hey, Marv fits the phase brand though. He, and because I don't know if you've watched his stream, he speaks like a Toronto rapper. He's from Toronto. Really? He <laughs> talks like he's a, yeah. I mean, he's, I, I don't know. He, he gives me those kind of vibes. It's, uh, uh, it, they it's want funny. the swag with the player. Yeah. I know? mean, Marv is a, he's a, yeah, he's a swaggy kind of guy, you know. He, he's definitely got it. So FaZe is going to be looking for that. But there's also some rumored pickups as well for FaZe. Now, the rumor is here. They're going to be picking up a couple more Overwatch players. They're going to be picking up Baby Bay and Raucus. Now, Baby Bay, I could see the guy's recently retired. He's been playing a lot mm. of Valorant recently. I know he's been he was playing a lot of the Ten Mans early on as well. Like I kind of see that happening. Raucus, I saw playing World of Warcraft last night at two o'clock in the morning on my in my guild. <laughs> I have
1: so, to remember that Raucus <laughs> is a degen though. That's so, like... true.
0: Raucus and Raucus actually he he's been playing a lot with uh, with Marv as well. With Marv um, and Corey both. In, in ranked Marv and Corey. Mm. Yeah, he's like in yeah. with them. So that's kind of where I think these rumors. I think it was Asuna that leaked this in the, yeah. the ESPN and Twitch. And has
1: previous connections to FaZe, right? He literally used to play for them too. Yes, I forgot so. that he did. Yeah. 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 yeah.
3: Have yeah, any I, of you guys seen Rawkins play Valorant? I haven't watched no. him stream or watched people stream. I don't with think him. he streams I saw it. that Reddit. the. So Asuna leaked this on the ESPN stream that it was going to be Baby Bay and Raucus. Jacob Wolf confirmed Baby Bay as something that he was about to report on, but said he couldn't confirm Raucus. And then, but he thought it was likely. And then the Reddit comments afterwards were like, some people were like Raucus, what the fuck? He's trash in the Overwatch League. And other people were saying that he's actually popped
1: off. He's actually Mallorcaid. not bad. I I because when I the news first broke, because I, I have an interest anyways, because you know, Corey, everyone likes Corey. Yeah. You know, I, I have an interest anyways to see where FaZe was sort of going. Uh, yeah. And when the raucous news started breaking too, I started to tune in even more to Corey Shream because they'd be queuing, and he's actually pretty good. Yeah, you know, pretty, mean, He's he, not someone you'd expect based off his Overwatch history to be as no. good as he is at Valorant. Now, there's no guarantee. I'm not going to say that he's like a god gamer, right? He's not Corey, you know, in terms of like making the jump from like Overwatch or even Sinatra as well who's been you know doing very yeah. well I think I don't think he's that level necessarily right now but <laughs> we'll have to see what happens with him but I would say considering that if Zach can be picked up is definitely can be picked up and has like potential to be pretty good
0: FaZe look to be an int- uh, sorry go I, on I was right.
2: gonna say what what are they playing though what do we think these guys are playing on the team what are their agents oh, man. I mean I you I mean, can't get into it I and, and then further I mean you guys would know better than I but like who would be uh, leading this team Who's I think caller?
3: Corey is going to be. I mean, and, do you no, mean in terms no, of IGLing? I, yes, I, I have no no idea. I'd IG, IGL yeah.
1: would definitely not be Corey. He, like he's more. Probably he's always Raukes. been a more. Rocus is very vocal. Raukus. is I mean, uh, Baby Bay, vocal, honestly. But Baby Bay is oh, pretty Baby vocal. Bay, yeah, that's a good. Isn't point. isn't am I misremembering? Is Marved not vocal? I feel like Marved is like. I don't know. Okay, I remember when I've tuned into him and I've heard him talk. Well, I mean, he's like, ranked like, is not completely different to. True. To a
3: pro playing environment. What I worry about this... T- oh, by the way, we should probably mention as well that that indicates they're trying to pick up five players plus Jason R. And yeah. I saw floating around Reddit the, the there was apparently some beef... I don't know how valid this stuff is. It was just a pure Reddit rumor, but it fits the facts, so I'm going to run with it. <laughs> it was, that, <laughs> was that apparently Jason R had been picked up as a player and thought that he was the team captain and FaZe decided that actually they didn't want like him to be building the team. They wanted to go in this different direction with Corey and his his Overwatch Fan or oh, not fans, his overwatch uh <laughs> co players.
1: It might be fans. His then.
3: fans. Like yeah. Rockers is just like, please, please, Corey, pick me up. I'm still a big fan. Uh I, so
1: mean, honestly, I think that's real. Who knows? I be. think Jason
3: R is just gonna be a content creator for them now. But I think at one point he was picked up as a player.
1: Could always shift into a coaching role, too. Maybe. Yeah. Because the thing uh, is that's the other thing that's like super underdeveloped right now, obviously, yeah. is like coaches. And so maybe Jason R could feel confident enough to be a coach for them, but the thing Probably that I really awesome worry about that.
3: with this phase roster is that even if they can all frag, they have between them about, I don't know, I, I'd count it on your fingers how many years of CS experience they have. It's nothing compared to the other top teams. In terms of just like understanding the mechan- the, the, the the fundamental concepts that all CS players yeah. know because they've been playing it for years. You talk to people like like Hip, for example, and even I think Sinatra has been talking about this a bit, is that they've learned so much playing violent with other CS players because they just understand the game in a a more intuitive sense, I suppose. Like there's certain things that just come really naturally to them because it's been drilled into them since they progressed through like all the tiers of CS. And this team is gonna what? Are they all gonna be learning those things from Marv?
1: They're I all mean, just gonna be technically was a CS player. Mm-hmm. that's true yeah uh so i don't think i don't think it's impossible that like, and also you know we're seeing sort of the neural elasticity of like sentinels example where they're not a full cs roster by any means even though they have cs players in there and they're doing pretty well and, and like they're endemic players so i like on top of the overwatch players so i do think that or and then the apex legends players of yeah. like Zoms, <laughs> but i do think it's possible to have a team that is just filled with a lot of talent if you have some guiding forces and it should be okay
0: yeah, well, I'm so excited to be a coach, because Jason always used to be a CS player. So. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, we, we don't have much time left, so I think the last topic... I don't think there's anything else to discuss after this. Oh, I mean upcoming tournaments. But let's briefly talk about the PAX Invitational that happened. This is the most recent tournament. It's fresh in my mind of how it went down. Mm. I was crying at some of the moments. Not from tears <laughs> of joy or amazement, oh, but purely just from some of the gameplay that's going on. Uh, some of the key takeaways for me, if we want to start here, I think has just been... Uh, the disappointment of Immortals as a team. Um Because yeah. I've been expecting <sighs> more from this squad. It feels like they are regressing a little bit.
3: I definitely agree with that, that they're regressing. And I think that one of the reasons is because they're still trying to figure out a spot for Stani. Uh, Stan- JC Stanny was supposed to be their Cypher player, but then they ran Thief for a while. And now they've actually swapped Stanny over to the Sage and Bjor has become their Cypher player. Yeah. And they're yeah. also trying to play like double... Uh, double duelist comps and stuff like that that don't really seem to fit their identity as a more structured team at least I thought that was supposed to be their identity but they did beat gen g in group stage they just they lost to immortals mm-hmm. uh, sorry they lost to cloud nine and they they didn't look great but I don't think it's that horrific
0: Cloud9, no, I mean I, fall- mean, I don't the think thing it's about that The Immortals
1: have never fallen out of, like, they've never been terrible for Immortals. They've just never seemed to have achieved what we feel is their destiny, I in, in a way.
2: I, I agree. But I, I, I do feel that out of the past two tournaments, finishing in quarterfinals twice feels like a letdown. You would think that in, in either of those, they would have been able to make at least the semis, since they were pretty consistently, I mean... If you were to yeah. rank the teams, I feel like they should be in your top six at least, right? You'd yeah. think that they could have made it through in either this or the the previous one, the yeah, false. F- but
0: yeah, I I don't know. I want to see more out of the models. I, I like to think that they've got like this deep playbook and I think that's what they're working towards. But it's it's almost a similar situation to what some teams are going through when they're learning to run before they can walk. And this is a team yeah. that still needs to find their foundation before you can start layering up. Nuance to, to your roster. Um, yeah, for and sure. realistically, I, I mean, you sorry, you
3: talk about disappointment though. If you say disappointment and you look at the pack's invitational, the first thing that comes to mind is 100 Thieves.
0: Oh, I thought you were gonna say oh. T1. No, I, I thought you were going say absolutely TSM. not TSM. <laughs> there are so many I mean, disappointments. There were so many disappointments across North the 100, 100 but- Thieves, I had no expectations for.
2: Yeah, I didn't have any expectations either.
1: Yeah, 100 Thieves, I, I really honestly, 100 Thieves as like in general has essentially been to me like. Just Hiko and the boys. Like everyone's just like <laughs> there with Hiko and like it. it Hundred Thieves is like lesser C9. It's off-brand C9 to me. But do really? oh, oh, isn't
2: even played well.
1: No, I mean, but that's that's why it's off-brand because it's similar, but it takes <laughs>
2: back. <laughs> but it's not the same. Similar, but it's really not the same. It I just I don't I think uh we had spoken about this a little bit, Josh, but I, I think Hiko's just on the wrong role on that team. I think they need to put Hiko on cipher, call it a day. Um, I, I don't think anyone on that team. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like Pride on Brimstone. I think he's pretty good. Yeah, um, I think right. he's been showing up consistently. But a, I mean, I think that the players on the team they're just not on the right roles. Uh, I think. And that's, what a
3: lazy, what a lazy system! Again, we were we were kind of being harsh on all of the NA teams for how they created these rosters to begin with. But what a lazy system to yeah. just take Hiko, replace him with a random player, and just put plug in an amateur team and hope that you would get success. Yeah. Super lazy, isn't it? But well,
1: that's why yeah. I'm saying that, yeah, because that's why I feel like the, the hunt is still on to build these rosters. Like, you know, because on the opposite spectrum of teams that were really surprisingly good was, you know, C9 and uh, Sentinels, who have just only gotten better and better, I think, from each tournament because they finally started plugging in pieces that are just working together. I mean, Sentinels has been around forever now in terms of like in Valorant time yep. on the geologic time scale. But C9, you know, now that they've added Mitch, I think they're starting to find their path. bit i think they're really starting to build that support structure around tens and then you have to then looping back to phase there's you know they had death which is now on homeless and homeless (laughs) popped off
0: this tournament Homeless did really well yeah Uh, yeah it's a shame that we didn't get to see phase orchestrate a team in this tournament because then we would have had like an actual tournament to really judge everyone's structure off but yeah Mm -hmm. it's funny that you think hundred thieves was the biggest disappointment josh Because for me, I had no expectations and I was getting a little bit annoyed on Twitter. People saying like when they were looking at the groups, they were like, oh, group A, the group of death with 100 thieves in it. And I was like... yeah yeah. i can see
1: how 100 thieves and team ninja was the group of death yeah i agree (laughs) yeah i think that that
3: was probably like outside of tsm though homeless uh code seven who are now built by gamers and 100 thieves i didn't really know who would come out on top of those but when you have an org the size of 100 thieves if you're putting up these kind of results that is insanely disappointing
0: i think they're disappointing in all of their esports though aren't
2: they
1: yeah, in, they just don't have a good. I think, division, yeah.
2: really. I think kind of has not doesn't don't. have
1: any I think their their LCS roster has been on the upswing after some changes, but. Right. They still have been disappointing um, overall. Well, let's I talk believe. about
2: the other disappointments from this tournament, because we all yeah. named different teams. TSM. Let's go on to TSM, TSM, well, TSM, my, TSM for sure. Like,
0: uh, Go on, Mike. Okay, you, I, you've got I, a lot of pent-up aggression here. I, uh, this, up. Oh,
2: no, no. I had to walk away from the TV like 40 times throughout this <laughs> tournament. I was losing my mind watching these games. Yeah, But TSM, to me, I think at this point, they are just so one-dimensional. Yeah. Um, I think that Wardell is obviously really good. He's one of the most explosive players. He's incredible on Jet, mm, and the then Cannonball he's also incredible belts. on uh, Oh. He's just incredible on Jet. And then when he plays, he has, he has no depth past that. Yeah. If he's not on Jet and opping, they're not going to win. And you saw that especially in the game that uh, they just got actually crushed by Sentinels. Both maps, they started off down four rounds. Their economy was shattered, and he wasn't able to get ops and abilities. And yeah. they just completely fell apart. And past that, Drone looked like a f- yeah. consistent freak in the T1 tournament. And since then, just he's still, off. yeah, he's just been all over the place. What do, oh, what's Drone going to do? Is he going to flash out of a smoke again? I mean, he's just, they're doing the same thing yeah. over and over and over. Yeah, Wardell needs to play yeah. more agents. Drone needs to play more <laughs> agents. They need to mix up the strats because just relying on those two guys to be amazing on two agents on every map... Is You're not going to go very far.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And I think it's because we've literally watched this entire tournament sat next to each other and have already thought out and spoke about these, this process. But, <laughs> Group thing, good. Yeah, I mean, developed. but, but it's, it, it comes down to me. I think when you look at a team like TSM I, and watching them, I've always thought this actually, and people... I thought it was a hot take at the time because they were to be perceived as the best team in North America, but they've got this Fisher-Price playbook where they've got very limited in terms of the (laughs) amount of strategies that they could employ you know what I mean yes like they're they're pretty
3: even a brand in the US yeah yeah yeah
0: Yeah. I think so
1: okay you described it earlier Bryn too on Twitter I think you said it was like the retirement home of CS yeah yeah I mean that's what
0: yeah that's what it felt it felt like at times it's like the retirement home where Wardell is just surrounded by good players but they they feel so one-dimensional when they play and in tournaments it felt like they got away with murder because Wardell was an amazing opper teams weren't very good around playing around the ops and didn't know how to trade them out as well well uh still and,
1: them, eh? and yeah. it's still
0: difficult for them but then when wardell got taken out sabrosa and drone would step up and this recent combination of every team in na realistically getting better at handling ops because they're so potent and also unfortunately drone and sabrosa not having a consistent games as they have previously is just a recipe for disaster and it just meant that tsm come out with the most disappointing tournament they've had
3: yeah i i've got a I've got to agree with everything you guys are saying, uh, but except that I do think this was a particularly bad tournament for TSM. I don't think this is the new normal for them. I, hope I think not. this yeah. is much worse than they've played, even in terms of their just like trading and double peaking and stuff like that. I, I've, I, I've got a video scheduled, which should be coming out at basically the exact same time as this podcast where I break down the Haven game where TSM played against envy because Honestly TSM were lucky to get past team envy in the yep. quarterfinals. You look at that match and it was 14-12 for them to win on Haven when they went down 3-9 in the first half. They had mm-hmm. to like claw their way back into an overtime scenario when team envy weren't even playing that well either. And then it was 13-11 on Ascent. Both of those maps could have easily gone the other way and we could be seeing TSM out in the quarters to team envy. And when I watched that match and I've gone through and I've done a breakdown of it, they're just running into orbs constantly, ego-peaking and challenging, trying to just take raw angels. And I don't know whether, like, this tournament they just got in their own heads or something, but they didn't they didn't used to play that badly. Like they had some times where they'd go for like crazy peaks and Waddell would just win it, but they weren't just running in like lemmings constantly. I think this was a particularly bad tournament for them. And I think they'll rebound, even if they don't fix their larger issues of like yeah. a bad, bad playbook and stuff like that. I think they'll rebound to the point where they'll still be able to play these top teams closely, even if they don't fix underlying issues. This was this was like particularly
1: awful on all fronts from TSM.
3: Hmm.
1: They have enough talent where they should never be like that bad is the as bad they were looking is the thing as much as we make jokes about them i think i don't think any at any point in tsm's timeline should it be so bad that i feel like they should be struggling against like immortals or envy ever mm-hmm. right now
0: well, currently well here's the thing so i actually think go forward but actually think in terms of stylistic differences teams like tsm and uh to a lesser extent, Cloud9 are actually quite similar in that they have these star players that they focus around and they have these supporting players around them. And um, Cloud9, I think, have been getting pretty better, actually. This tournament was a good showcase that they are steadily making improvements. Like, as much as we meme about Vice and Shinobi, uh, I think that... it, it wasn't tens dragging 100 pounds of weight, it was 50 pounds of weight. Had a, I
1: think relics had like yeah. a pretty good, t- like watching the set plays, especially with relics on Omen and, and how they, they synergize with tens they, a lot of times, yeah, it felt not, really good.
0: I don't want to claim that they're a super team, but I think they've made improvements, which is yeah. cool. But I think the team stylistically, teams like TSM and Cloud9, are going to suck against teams that are really disciplined and, and can play quite yeah. good fundamental gameplay, like Sentinels, like Gen G, and like yeah, hopefully like Immortals.
3: Yeah, Gen G have been really good historically yep. against Cloud Nine in particular because once you trade tens, they the rest of the team can't frag. And then Gen G's just got way better fundamentals and strategy than Cloud Nine does, at least on most of the
2: maps. I wish but... that Gen G had a different uh, bracket in this tournament. Unfortunately, they played Sentinels in the first round in quarters, and it was a really close game. And that was the rematch yeah. of the finals of the previous tournament. So I wish it they'd was been probably...
3: in the like Genji Sentinels was probably what the finals would have been yes. if you actually like had the best teams in the finals is that yeah. weird to say? Like I, I know that Cloud9 um, definitely could have won. Cloud9 definitely could have won the grand final, but it was because of this horse shit rule where Haven got picked twice. Yeah, if you yeah re- actually, if you yeah. Remove that, If you remove yeah. that, then there's very little chance that Cloud9 ended up coming out with the win. They would have had to convert, ascend, and bind into victories because there's God, no though. chance that they win on split.
0: Yeah, thank God that, uh, you know, they ended up, early Sentinels ended up winning the early rounds, early maps, because we got to see the 10s, uh, Viper, which was amazing.
2: Oh God, that was horrendous. That was that. Yeah, that was... You, don't, you don't love that one. The, I can't really Nintendo blame, blame
3: them, them though. I mean, can you blame yeah. them? Why they got the the? Uh,
2: well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a two-man show. Um, uh, will the internet yeah, I hate come back
2: to see that? I don't, Are we still it? recording, Kurt? Okay, well, let's yeah, we're just still recording. think opinions.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the two our... people who have watched the tournaments together and came to the same conclusions yes. a week ago are now going to tell you what our conclusions were. But yeah, I, I, on maps like Split, where you're much more limited in terms of what you can do as an opper on Jet, yeah. you need to pull something out like the Tens Viper. You need to pull out some wacky shit that's going to throw some teams off at least, and maybe you can eke out a cheese win. I can, yeah. I can understand where they're coming from with it. Is it the internet dead? Cut. The internet just died. Well, oh well, that's
2: unfortunate. The, cool. my, my thing hello? with oh, oh. hello hello.
0: <laughs> Everyone's okay. internet died? Oh, oh, hello, we're back. Are we Ready? back? Nope. Nope. <laughs> it's catching up. Hold on. Will we return? Maybe
2: we may. My last anyway. My last point about this. It's just then.
1: us. I think it's just us hello? because oh, we are, are you in be- the hello? house. I hear hello? okay. I hear them now.
0: Oh, hello. we're back. Hello. Okay. Wait, we don't see you yet, <laughs> We though. can't see you, but we I don't can't see I,
1: I, It was only Josh and I for a second, because we were the only two people not in your house. I yeah. Know, yeah. And that yeah, was yeah. the issue. So, Our internet you know, cut out no, for no, a second. My well, entire well, internet ooh.
3: died. Like, I couldn't even launch web pages. So oh, my, your fine. internet was died?
2: fine. Yeah, was my internet in LA died. Then.
0: Yeah, an ah, LA outage, happened. dude. Solar um, flares or some shit. Yep. Solar flares. Yeah, that's it.
2: But we were just, we were kind of wrapping that 10s Viper discussion. Yeah, that's that's where we were. The point we
0: made, just to catch you up, was that I think on a map like Split, where you can't get away with a lot of uh, some some players have been playing Jet on it, but I think that it is one of those maps where individual performances are quite limited because the map is so narrow, so choky. Utility usage is much more important, and with utility usage comes good teamwork, which Cloud Nine kind of lack a little bit. So. I can respect them trying to cheese out a win with Viper, trying to throw something unusual, yeah. maybe. But my God, that Alt play when they were trying to execute onto A—we watched that live, uh, and why yeah. I had to take a break.
2: I, I, I was <laughs> out of there. I did, uh, yeah, that
3: was. They but, didn't try anything else with it. They literally exactly. just
2: ulted the sight and didn't that's, didn't do anything else to yeah. distract. That's that's really the 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 problem with. That one play encompasses the over pro- the overall problem of him on Viper in that game, which is they didn't have strats for it. I mean, if that was the linchpin, that was their hidden strat, they weren't practicing <laughs> that one just to bring it out in the tournament. Dude. And it was just, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, that showed to I me mean, that they, they didn't really know.
1: Though in particular, and it's exacerbated a bit by C9 is like a very typical example of like outside of currently Sentinels and when Jinji are playing really well, Uh, like, which they have been, is that the executes in general are sort of just like, well, we're going to throw this shit at the wall with an ult and maybe we'll get some frags and hopefully it works. Like, there's never, I feel like the whole, a lot of the times there's just way less cleaner executions and how you want to set up your peaks and like your trades. And like, we have guys holding site and how you push the site, how you use your utility, you get onto the site and deal with ops because, oh my God, NA Valorant just loves running into like ops like every day. (laughs) I just feel like, that that's just like the 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 tins oh, here on here. It is.
3: Oh, <laughs> oh god, look god at this! They tried but, this twice. This yeah. I think was the first time, right? But they're just yeah. they're, they're like, oh, they they won't know,
0: they won't know what we're doing if we walk perfectly along the edge.
1: <laughs> but imagine if you were, but this is buffed and you could walk out of it, huh? Think about that one.
0: Oh <laughs> my god.
1: I just love how there's no
2: room on site either. Like you get onto site and you're relegated to a corner if you want to say Did they it. use did they use a single other piece of utility? I don't,
0: I think don't so. know. I don't know. I don't think, think so. they use
3: one. I don't yeah. think they uh, smoke they didn't uh. smoke off the author. They didn't smoke heaven. They didn't try and push through the smoke at the same time as pushing through it. They tried to sneak five men through a
2: fucking Yeah. yeah. That's bizarre. Oh, it is so bizarre. Anyway. Well, okay, anyhow, there was one more disappointment that was mentioned when we all set mine our, it was a
1: personal disappointment, which is far less relevant to actual meta disappointments. I feel like your disappointments are former meta. Like uh, your disappointments well, are like, man, TSM has been pretty good, but they looked really bad this tournament and, and stuff like that. Well, mine was like T1, just because yes. I feel like, the, like ah. T1 has just cratered so hard from where they oh. used to be.
0: I have some interesting insider information. I say insider information, but I was doing some digging last night. I was in Sinatra's stream, and I was curious for what his point of view is because um, obviously there's not many tournaments being ran. So I asked him, who do you think is the second best team in NA right now? Because obviously the first best team is going to be Sentinels. So I asked, who do you think the second best team is? And I got the, the least expected result. He said T1. As the second best team right now, it's crazy because I've heard so many people
1: talk about T1. Like, and that's the lines with my information. Where I've heard so many people say T1 is just like so good. Like they're they're really really good. But for some reason they've just been just shitting the bed repeatedly. It's just a it's just a full shit bed every time that they're getting ready to play. Recently, Mm -hmm. at least,
3: I feel like they got a little unlucky with running into a very hot homeless. Because this homeless team did not perform like anywhere near this level the next day on an individual basis. Yeah, you know, Superman. I he went from dropping like twenty-five frags in some really fast games where he's like thirty percent of his team's kills. And then the next day, really well. The next day when he played against Cloud Nine, it's not like Cloud Nine are a really structured team that shut him down or anything. I felt like he had space to be able to maneuver.
0: Superman dropped forty-seven kills in their T1 match. Yeah, and then, he,
3: and then you look at his performance against Cloud Nine, and he went twenty-five and thirty-three. Yeah, like it was. And Lasky, who was playing really well on the Orp too against uh, T1, went sixteen and thirty. Interesting. So I, I don't know whether they were just hot against T1 or T1 did something wrong. I don't know. I didn't really glean much from this match <laughs> other than um, looking like T1 were off a little bit and Homeless were hitting
2: all their shots. In in my opinion, I I was watching some of the early group stages on Skadoodle's stream. And in their calls and in their plays, they seem to be off in the. Uh, <laughs> thanks. They seem to be off in the uh, fundamentals. Like there were a lot of moments in a lot of the rounds um, where someone would just like take take an early peek, and someone wasn't ready for the trade. There, people weren't communicating effectively, and they kept addressing it after rounds that they were losing. That they, they were essentially just losing for. Basic fundamental reasons they were losing rounds to lesser teams, in which is the so weird because they've been
1: such a fundamental based yeah. team. I feel like yeah. as a roster, because it's a bunch of guys that like know how to play tax shooters, so like they should know like basic fundamental stuff of stop like corner checking the op and things like that.
0: They should a little jiggle peek action going on. Yeah. Uh, I'm and that's weird. I, I want to shift this along because we, we don't really have much time left. Um, so we're gonna look towards the future now. And I think what one thing to do this is there's one upcoming tournament. It's the FaZe Clan tournament, the invitational a lot of prize money, um, for what I know. A lot of invited teams. I think they're doing a qualification bracket for it as well. It's gonna be super interesting because we get to see Phase Clan actually play. Presumably they're gonna be playing in their own tournaments. Um, they said that 000. they will be
1: playing, I think. I nice. think they did say yeah.
0: That. Yeah. So I want to do we know the invited teams yet if you scroll down, Kurt. Does it oh well does it say anything? I
3: don't think they have released that info yet,
1: have they? Well, they just they—they—they they, they announced the first invited team on Twitter while we were doing this right now, actually, oh, oh. and it's TSM. So, but they didn't. Right. But I don't think they have determined all the teams. Well, so. let's
0: work under the assumption that all the good teams are going to be invited, all the perceived good teams.
1: Pretty much all the—I I imagine all the good teams and all the signed teams as yes. well. you know. So, we'll be there. so
0: let's—I want to go around in a circle. I want everybody to say one storyline. <laughs> Of what they are looking forward to this tournament, whether it's a team having a redemption arc, a team having a good showing, uh, or maybe even a hot take. So, we'll start with mm. you, Vast. What do you want to see coming out of this tournament?
1: I want to see T1 actually live up to the to the the Valorant Scrimbucks, the new the new Scrimbucks exchange that is uh, that's not quite as regulated with the Valorant SEC as it is with the <laughs> Overwatch. But like, I want to see T1 actually perform to level that i feel like they everyone says they should be playing when their yep. fundamentals should be that good that's it that's my that's my storyline is i want to see t1 do something
0: all right
3: i think Go. i would I would be looking at this, and I don't mean that this is the most obvious answer in the world, but I want to see what roster FaZe actually puts out, and I want to see if they're able to perform at the same kind of level they did previously. If you remember in their first ever tournament, they beat Sentinels. They They actually looked like they had the fragging to be able to go against these top teams. They didn't have the built-out, like, strats and Sentinels were much worse back then than they are now. Uh, You know, they've done a lot to develop, and you would expect FaZe to be lagging behind a little bit, but I want to see whether they actually look like a competent top team or whether they've invested too heavily in like Overwatch people, and they end up looking worse in a lot of fundamental ways instead. Yeah. I think there's a lot to discover here in terms of what their floor
2: is and what their ceiling is too. All right, Wyatt? Uh, mine would be, I, I'd like to see Genji make a deep run in mm-hmm. this tournament. I, I want to see Gen. G, uh remain consistent, really. I mean, they, they only went out early in the previous tournament because they played Sentinels in the quarterfinals like we had said yeah. um i want to see gen g get a you know like a, a fair lined up bracket where they can make a deep run hopefully play sentinels again deep in the tournament because that's been to me i think the most interesting na matches so far have both been the sentinels gen g matches from the two previous tournaments the grand finals and the quarter so yeah i would have like liked, to see them play again i
0: would have liked to have seen that as the grand finals as opposed to sentinels cloud nine but uh, it is what it is. Uh, for me, I am looking forward to seeing if Immortals can stop being... In my mind, I perceive Immortals as like this gatekeeper team that kind of just blocks out a lot of the sort of, you know, they're like the top eight team and they're in eighth place. You know what I mean? Like hovering around mm. that sort of section, keeping teams out from that. But sometimes just not they're not up to scratch. And they have a lot of close maps with some very good teams. And I feel like they're just a few inches away from uh, getting a solid roster and eventually just upsetting people and going to the finals in some of these tournaments. So I want to see Immortals step up personally uh, looking at his tournament. Uh, other than that, is there any other general overarching things that you're interested in?
3: I mean, TSM too, right? Like sure. I want to see if TSM yeah. actually bounce back from this because I, I do think that there's, you know, whenever we talk about any Overwatch, uh, any Overwatch, any esport, <laughs> that shows you how deeply ingrained I am that whenever we talk about any esport, there's there's some elements of like strats and performance but there's also just form and what form do you happen to be in on that day and it varies from day to day and I think the TSM were in particularly bad form for this mm-hmm. previous tournament and that's the kind of thing that can rebound really quickly and you can either start hitting your shots or you can just play better in terms of your fundamentals which you always knew how to do you just didn't do them on that day I think that TSM should be able to bounce back. I don't really expect them to be the number one team, but I want them to at least look good because TSM looking good is just important for the whole NA scene. They have to put up some kind of a challenge. Like They were the team that was leading this meta for so long. If they just fall off the face of the earth, that's going to be an even worse thing for NA Valorant.
1: I mean, I don't think that's necessarily true, though. I will say, is I think that like it seems very clear that teams that are investing heavily in their structure early, like Sentinels, are pulling ahead and, and even Gen to a sense because they've been together so long. And then C9 is starting to get there. So I feel like, honestly, to me, the narrative that Bryn and I were talking about earlier about TSM has started to come true, where because due to the advanced esports decrepitness of their players i feel like at some point that what what's happened here is that they (laughs) as their muscles atrophy and turn to dust you know but like the (laughs) i do think that it's more of the fact that this is a team that was very reliant on previous experience and then wardell wardell's their x-factor and everyone else is just like just supporting like lots of veteran experience
3: i don't know like drone and uh drone and sabrosa at the beginning of their time at the top were nuts as well like they were popping off well that's beginning, drone.
1: beginning at the time of the top right yeah. i think they've stagnated a lot i think tsm I think even been. though they i think the real problem for them is that it's clear that compared to teams like sentinels and compared to teams like gen.g and even c9 as they go forward it seems like somewhere there's a, we all have to talk about like where a team wants to push itself and are they trying to push themselves every day to evolve past just like me go in me shoot me use some utility and i think this is where we tsm needs to be moving forward is thinking a lot more about like what is their identity, what is like the meta and the style they want to be playing versus yeah. just we are Wardell yeah. plus four type I, of thing.
3: I also the I didn't add this to the rundown, but I actually missed out a big the like the biggest big tournament that's coming up next is the European Mandatory Cup, which has all of the top EU teams playing Ooh. in it and it's in like oh, two yeah. days' time.
0: Uh what's the format for it? Is it the half Swiss <laughs>
3: it's the swiss cheese it's
0: like a swiss uh, system but it has many
3: many holes in the yeah it's interesting
1: what is the to, oh no, there it. it is it is it is on this i thought I didn't it's, see it didn't on Valor. i think
3: it's a really large singular limb tournament Ooh, okay so it's it's like scary to go through and you will probably get quite a bunch of upsets but i i think they're probably all bo3s oh no the first round is bo1 Oh uh, wait a second! The first two rounds of Bo1,
2: uh,
1: so you're gonna get a shit ton good of good stuff. There, are, yeah, well, Wait, so wait, wait! Upsets. There
2: are a lot of teams in this. I think right, like there
1: are a huge amount. The round of 28, there's I a think? round of 32 with like an yeah. infinite amount of teams. There's so yeah. many, though. So. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get some
3: big old upsets, and also they're doing this dumb Bo5 grand final again, where people are gonna have to pick a map twice, so which silly. should only ever be used in double limb tournaments, where you are trying to give like one team an advantage. How do you <laughs> you're doing a knife round to decide who gets two map picks in a Bo5? That's well, there's garbage. three
1: maps in the entire game, pretty much. Oh, well, not three maps, but four, rather yeah. I mean, four. Yeah. yeah, four maps in the entire game. Like you're literally determining a huge amount of the map picks. Like in, in terms of like what your strengths are as a as a team, because teams are already pretty favored on certain maps to be on the roster.
0: Not to mention as well, you're talking, you're putting in the best of five at the end of these days when these teams are playing. They're gonna get fatigued if these grand finals are on the same day as the semifinals. Like I'm not sure they are actually.
1: Though. They've been actually doing a pretty good. The one boon I'll give Valorant tournaments is that on average, the grand finals I think for some of their more recent ones have been separate days.
0: Oh really? Okay.
1: Oh, I think yeah. I think so, if I'm remembering correctly. I mean it could just be my poo-poo brain. Like yeah. my memory, you do have a price. pretty big
0: poo-poo brain. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think this is also feature. gonna be
3: the I think this is also gonna be the last hurrah of Fabrican and Party Pirates, unless they've already what declined the invite.
1: I thought I Fabrican already disbanded, for sure. I think
3: they've announced it, but I don't know whether they're still
1: playing in this cup. I, or, like, I'm pretty sure Fabrican is not playing, but party uh, Pirates might be. Right, right. I All right, see. Well.
0: That's going to be interesting. And when are these tournaments taking place? Uh, the EU one is between July thirty first, which is
3: this Friday. Uh, it's basically this weekend, mm-hmm. and then the the next one, the Phase Invitational, is basically the weekend. A- well, it's not the weekend afterwards; it's the week afterwards. So it's
2: during the oh, weekday during the, the week. There there is actually an NA tournament this weekend, like this Thirty Bomb Summer Cup, which has a really <laughs> small prize pool and somehow got all the top teams. I don't oh, really. It's like a 3k <laughs> tournament that has
1: every team <laughs> I mean, in it's it. A, it's a 5k, so or it's a five. little bit Wait, more. Are they but, actually
0: know, say, playing in this though, or yeah, have they just announced See, it?
1: I mean, it looks like it. It looks like, but it's
2: this weekend. Yeah, first place is huh. three grand. It has what? every top team, and it's it's weird. Sure. It looks like, from what I'm seeing, I tried to look into this, but it looks like there's 14 teams, and the qualifying teams start in the lower bracket and then the top eight start in the upper bracket quarterfinals. That's what it looks
1: uh, like from what I'm really seeing. Really make what it a... difficult for those amateur yeah. teams to get in.
0: Yeah. Bonkers setup. Okay. So
1: just, uh, I think the only piece of news that they invited the teams. I don't know if they've been confirmed, but I'm they, assuming they're... They just ca- invited they, them? They,
0: mm,
1: yeah, they've just been invited. They're just like, well, these are the teams participating because uh, we invited them, you know? I guess but we'll, we'll see. see, but
2: there'll be some type of...
0: Anything. Yeah, for five. Qu- yeah, I mean, clown Fiesta why would you want to this weekend. Give away
1: anything. <laughs> it seems really weird to me that any of these teams, that most of these teams would participate, considering that the phase tournament is just like, yeah. right around the why corner. Would you, you know? Why would you participate <laughs> yeah, in that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's no, no, no. really weird. Yeah. Other yeah. That that right. just like, by gamers or something, you know, why would you be here?
0: I got to wrap this up because uh, selfish reasons. Uh, reasons I got to go, but also I think we've ran out of topics, so it's a good place to end it. To be honest with you. Um, we don't really end podcasts properly. I don't. How do normal people end podcasts?
1: I think they ask people to like and subscribe or something. Should they say, see you on the next one as well. Um, like, see you on the next, you on the
3: next one. Like... Clutch or kick but you're, you're not going to be
1: on the next one though, Avast, so why are you yeah, saying that? I won't yeah. be here. I'm telling you how the next one <laughs> should yeah, be. Everybody to go really uh,
0: subscribe with Twitch Primes to twitch.tv slash Avast. Um, yep, that's right. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, uh, Avast. What is your first name?
1: Connor. 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 Connor? Connor? <laughs> what's so funny about that? What is I so, love that like... Brent didn't know it. Brent didn't know
0: what you were. I your forgot name your name. I knew it was out there somewhere, but I just Brent. forgotten your first name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your say name co-
1: is. A re- I remembered that immediately. So I can't believe you would remember. <laughs> mine. Hi, Connor.
0: That's... Thanks for coming on.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. Thank for having me. This high octane <laughs> environment.
0: All right. Yeah. Wrap it up. Kurt, well, press the button, please. Thank you. <laughs>